Experience Rum and Q's award-winning barbecue rubs, sauces and seasonings. Absolutely perfect for any occasion. This is the Saturday Session with Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott. Folks, good morning. Welcome to the show. Yes, your education begins. Time to get smart on sport. See what I did there, Grant? Speaking of getting smart, you've been hoovering that drink over there. Now your lips are bright red. Is that all in an attempt to be smart? Is that enticing? Mm, yeah, <laughs> disturbingly so. It's a performance drink, Daniel, and I thought that maybe you might need a little bit of performance this morning. I always I walk into the studio and I get worried with what I'm going to meet. Because I know that sometimes you can be a little bit half full <laughs> or empty. And it's just, you don't know what I'm going to walk into. And it's been a tough week, I must admit. Everton losing again. Me thinking that I've only got a group of three people that follow my beloved Everton It's still team. only three. It's still only three. I can't Despite believe that. desperate attempts to start this There's Everton f- Supporters Club. There has to be people out there, doesn't oh. there? Double eight, double three. They can text in if they want to join Grant Elliott's uh, Everton Supporters Club. We're going to do some is great go- things. <laughs> what in the championship? No, you together. <laughs> was it you, Tim, Richie? Me, Tim, and Richie. <laughs> you, Tim, and Richie. Jacob Spoonley's a, a good football man who joins the show after eleven. I'm pretty sure he supports Everton. Does he? Yeah. Why is he so not maybe texting? You can, maybe. maybe <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know if Jake's listening now. Why haven't you texted to join Grant's um, Everton Supporters Club? Uh, Jacob Spoonley joins the show after 11 o'clock. Uh, chili eating is one of um, our stables on the show. Your no, stable. No one covers chili eating like the Saturday session. Well, you're pretty good at it. And on the 20th of May, 2023, we've got a very special guest joining us. Anyone who's called Iron Guts wins me over. Mm. Uh, Greg Iron Guts Barlow joins us. He's a New Zealand for Lord of the Stings to contest the world title chili eating belt match against Mike the Molten Moose Jack. So they actually have a belt that they have an eat-off for, do they? This is amazing. I'm That's learning awesome. so much about chili eating. Well, I mean, you last time you had half a Carolina Reaper. Oh, it was easy. You couldn't finish the last five minutes of the show. I had the I had the ghost. Well, you had a little nibble, though. The ghost pepper. Yeah. Well, I, it was a hearty sort of bite, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, what else will we uh, have? We'll talk some cricket and some uh, great work in the community. A, a guy who probably got you out more than a few times. Uh, it's probably not saying much, Grant. Uh, Joey Jovic is going to join the show. We'll talk some cricket with him and, and what um, he's up to in the community, doing some uh, awesome work. Uh, he's launched a program to encourage more kids to get into sport as participation numbers in the region are declining. Uh, he works for Sport Northland these days, uh, so we'll look forward to catching up with him after midday. Yeah, he's doing some really cool things, and it's great to see sports men and women that actually go out there and have a good cause or something that they can pour all of their energy into. So great to see what he's doing, and I'm excited to catch up with him on everything cricket. Um, there's a very funny story, which we'll hear later on, and what he did. And 
how he exchanged his cap for something before he had a bowl. Oh, a, a great sporting trade. Uh, all the regular features that you basically wait all week to enjoy on the show will come, including sporting tips you should run a mile from. How did that multi work out for you last week? Oh, you know how the multi worked for me. I got down to the very last game. <laughs> Brilliant. Which just makes me so happy. Yeah, but the th- why? Why do you want me to lose? Well, because I won last week. Oh. Oh, no, you didn't. No, I went with, remember, one head and one gut, which is always a warning to the audience. Don't go with my gut. Go with my head. My head was Crusaders by 12 and under. Pretty sure the Crusaders won by 12. Oh, okay. I thought that was the Everton bet. Maybe but that. my gut was, I think Everton's going to get to draw against Man City. I know, which yeah. was nice of you. They were really good for 30 minutes. Yeah. Problem is, the game goes for 90 minutes. So I had the Gold Coast Titans uh, to beat the Newcastle Knights. It was the last one of the multi where I would have collected. And um, unfortunately, they went down. The Newcastle Knights got up. And you warned me about that one. You did. It was the only bet. I did. Wasn't it? It was yeah, the last you one. You don't listen enough. You don't listen enough. How's this? We've got a text already. Although this Everton fan doesn't want to join your group. Long-term Everton fan, 54 years old, fan for life. Doesn't mention his name. Shows no interest in joining your group. You start. <laughs> he does. Text in again. Whoever you are, you're at a great age to, to get on the Everton tour with me, Richie, and Tim. A long-term Everton fan. That's what we need. We need someone like yeah. you. I'd even make you vice president. Uh, we'll have work, the club. Workhorse of the Week, the sporting teams, players and coaches who've uh, utterly impressed us for a variety of reasons. We'll play some games along the way, like Fact or Fiction. And uh, we'll have uh, Rub Me Up the Wrong Way a little bit later. But let's start off with uh, headlines uh, before we welcome in the great Ben Francis. Uh, the All Whites will play Qatar in Austria in June. Well, that's something, I guess. Um, three days after facing Sweden in Stockholm. Actually, now that's tasty. Uh, Darren Baisley will remain interim coach for the pair of matches, as he was in March. How long, how long can you be an interim before you actually are the coach? Razor Robinson. Well, he's, he's coach in waiting, isn't he? He's been appointed he t- he, and been given a long-term deal. Darren Baisley is the interim manager. Mm. That sounds like there's a knife hanging over your neck. Like, depending yeah. on, you do make one false yeah. move and you're gone. That recruitment search, obviously going seamlessly. Uh, back to the story, Daniel, you're getting off track. Uh, search for a permanent boss for the national uh, men's football team remains ongoing. Parramatta has pulled off a stunning upset, snapping South City's six-match winning streak with this, get this, 36-16 win over the Rabbitohs in the Indigenous round in the NRL. I, I must admit, I, I, I was on with Beavis today on, on the run home, and I was saying, this is the game the Rabbitohs, you know, cook up the eels and eat them. And, and Beav, being the man of the land, and you know, culinary skills, that you smoke an eel. So yeah. they were going to smoke the eels and then uh, eat them beautifully, you know, and sushi maybe. But no, uh, that is a, a real turn-up for the books. Uh, the result means Penrith will enter state of origin period on top of the ladder for the third straight season, claiming uh, first spot off the Rabbitohs. Uh, the Broncos also on a, a bit of a slide downwards to put a, a smile on Ben Francis' face. <laughs> um, and he's just typed into our shared doc. Also, the Broncos lost again, Daniel. <laughs> that they did. That they did. And let's get to the uh, 2023 PGA Championship leaderboard. It's always on the show. When we talk golf, we talk like golfing commentators, don't well, we? Well, Bob, he's got about a six-footer here. Who's who's that? Going for a birdie. Uh... The Canadian, Corey Connors, leads the PGA Championship <laughs> alongside one of the heavyweight favorites, Scotty Scheffler. Both at six under the card. 
Both three under for the day. I really can't do that. Uh, Connors is on the 16th. Um, Schiffler has just finished the 16th. Uh, Victor Hovland from Norway is two shots back. Keegan Bradley and uh, Callum Tarran, a United States player and Englishman, are also also further shot back, uh, tied for fourth at minus three. So let's do the... Let's click down the leaderboard and see some names that leap out of us. Shane Lowry. Mike Lowry's brother. Shane, <laughs> uh, Shane Lowry is uh, four under for the tournament, two under for the day, and a tie for sixth. Uh, keep going, keep going. No New Zealand flag. Yeah, oh, dear, I'm in tied for 20th territory. Uh, there's Rory McIlroy, your favourite golfer, Grant Elliott. Oh. Uh, he, he's, one, he's even for... Uh, the day, so you'll get lots of highlights of him. Oh, if you want to see his yeah. round, just go on Sky News and yeah. you'll see his whole round there. Yeah, that's what they do. Uh, Ryan Fox, who was tied for sixth after the first round, Grant, he is uh, one over for the day. Sorry, three over for the day. My apologies, I was reading KH Lee's score. Um, Ryan Fox is three over for the day. Uh, he is uh, on the 18th. He is one over for the tournament. He has dropped 14 places, but he's still in the tie for 20th. Yeah, uh, that's good. Well, when I turned the screen on um, and I was watching the news, I, I saw him. He was he was top at two under. That was obviously day one. He he had he's had an eventful closing to his round. Through fourteen holes, he'd had thirteen pars, Grant, except for a bogey on the par five fourth. But uh, fifteen onwards, uh, bogey, bogey, birdie, bogey. Mm. Just finished the eighteenth. Just finished. So. Uh, that means three over for the day and one over for the tournament in a tie for 20th. There you have it, the very latest in sporting. But his first round, 68. Yeah. So three three under. Yeah. Not not happy with the, uh, the, the Sky News package the other day. No, they weren't happy with him. He obviously didn't play well <laughs> enough. But Rory did. Yeah, they wanted people that got two over yeah. and were struggling. Yeah. Uh, Peter Cooper is his name. Yes. He is keen to join, but he also wants to be CEO. Well, Pete, we'll discuss that. I said maybe vice president, but... um, Well, well, Pete, I'd like to know your financial acumen. Is it a bit like the current West Ham team that I'm pretty sure um, have charges of financial irregularities for for, um, financial sustainability issues? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Which makes me laugh because Manchester City have 115 charges pending. That's right, City fans. That's still a thing, 115 charges. Um, hanging over that football club. At least Man City are good when you guys have been cooking the books and are really bad. Well, we've just got a new sponsor, haven't we? Triple Seven Bet. So, yeah, I, I think that we're going to be in a great financial position and with uh, Peter Cooper as potential CEO of the mm. Supporters Club. I th- this is great, Pete. We've got Tim, <laughs> Richie, no, but Pete's, Peter Cooper. Pete, Pete lived in London, saw Everton nine times. They won none of them. So that's a perfect Everton Brilliant. fan, but oh, he's well, been a fan for, for he's 54 years. Welcome to the club, Pete. Now, now, Pete, I'm not sure if you um, know what happens with Grant Elliott's Everton uh, Supporters Club. Um, you might not have heard last weekend's show. Grant's basically going to call you at a very creepy time when you don't expect him. <laughs> no, I only did that to Tim. Tim. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, do you want me to call, Pete? Do you want me to call and have a have a yarn about Pete, what we should do Pete, with this club? Pete's, a, Pete's also a banker, and he has plenty of acumen. Financial. This is brilliant. This is brilliant. Actually, ship him, ship him to Liverpool right now. And get him running Everton Football Club. Uh, <laughs> our, our, I must admit, our um, hype, our hype man Jason from Melbourne is texting. Daniel and Grant, the highlight of my week on SCNZ. When I heard via the SCNZ app, 
SENZ. Why are you putting on this voice? Rugby, cricket, racing and so much more. I have been advocating for SCNZ to gain more rugby and cricket. And it has come to pass. Because I was just being dramatic. That was it's a, lo- it's a lovely message from, uh, from um, our good friend Jason in Melbourne. Yet we have got uh, Rugby World Cup rights. Uh, good morning, Ben Francis. Uh, we'll get to him. He's just answering the telephone, actually, because someone is calling in. Right now, what do we do at this time? Well, we talk to you. You could rudely interrupt us because we talk absolute nonsense on this program. I want to hear from you. I love hearing from the listeners. We always we get some great gold, don't we? We do. Early morning. And it, if anything, it can really sort of give Daniel McCarty a lift when he's a bit down. But today he's up. He's up because Everton went down. Or going down. Yeah. They haven't gone down yet. Oh, how I can't wait. I'm going to... I think I'm going to set my alarm for the final day, get up nice and early, watch you guys go down, and then give you a call, maybe at half time to see how you're going, maybe with 10 minutes to go. G'day, John. Welcome to the show. Thanks for calling. The audience is saying. <laughs> morning, gentlemen. Morning, morning. Hey, um, G'day, John. Massive game. massive game in Super Rugby um, this afternoon, the Hurricanes and the Chiefs. Huge game. Um, Huge game. Could have been so much better, though, couldn't it, John, for obvious reasons? As you can tell, oh. I'm, I'm looking at this from a Hurricanes fan's perspective and wondering, uh, hmm, well, leaving out three key players against the best team in the competition? Hey, I'm looking at it from a neutral perspective, and I'm, I'm really disappointed that the All Blacks are not playing. I mean, you look at the NRL, Cameron Smith and, and Co. when he was playing for the Melbourne Storm, played 40 professional games of rugby league a year. So mm-hmm. you know, what, what's the difference with Super Rugby and the All Blacks? It, it's just... It pisses me off, really. I mean, we want to see... Well, you might, you might have heard Mark Robinson, who was on with, uh, with Sumo. Sumo was in for Smithy, wasn't he, the other day? And they were talking about high performance and, you know, all their research and science and data tells and players can't play more than six games in a row. Uh, okay, so the Hurricanes, if they've got three games from now on in and three playoff games, if they're going to win it, that, that's right on the cusp. And Jason Holland tried to explain that, you know, they, they feel this is the best path for them. But, you know... Maybe my perspective as a Hurricanes fan and a, and a fan of the sport is a little bit basic for you know the very, very smart people at New Zealand Rugby when I look at it as my team is resting their players because they need to rest so they're in good shape to play for a different team in a different tournament. It just doesn't, it doesn't sit comfortably, Joe. John. You're totally justified in, in thinking that. But, you know, this is massive for the Canes because they've got the Blues next week. And then they've got the Crusaders, and the Blues game will probably decide whether they play at home or not in the final series. Exactly. Um, and a, exactly. And a win, and a win today would have helped them immensely because uh, I think they're just one point behind the Blues at the moment. So yeah, I'm, I'm really pissed off with that. But it's a huge game nonetheless, and you never know. You never know, mate. The Reds beat the Chiefs last week. Can the oh, the wheels are falling off the Chiefs, John. Wheels are falling off, mate. They've peaked. They're on the way down. <laughs> The yesterday's news. <laughs> hey, John, I want to. I want to ask you. You obviously you're a bit disappointed that the the All Blacks are not playing. But How can you not does be- does that give you um, probably less less chance of going to the game? You think if you were thinking about going to the game, do you think that once you hear that news, that you think you know what? I I can't be bothered. I'll watch it on TV instead. Well, I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. And it's like when the Black Caps play and they didn't play Tim. What's his name? Uh, Bulky. You know, I was really disappointed. Yeah. I want to see the best players out there. Um, but you hear that, Grant? You're paying attention to John? <laughs> You're paying attention to John, who's a fan? 
Well, you paying attention? Yeah. That's who you what have to listen to. to play. Yeah. I think he will be, John. I think, like, the, the latest sort of, um, I guess, news we've heard is that he's available, and it sounds like whatever discussions were uh, had behind closed doors, they're now um, in the open, and it sounds like he's going to be available, and he'll probably play. Yeah, and don't worry, John. Grant has finally seen the light that you and I share, mate. <laughs> we're, you know, you know he's, finally, he's finally come around. Hey, John, give me a prediction. Chiefs, Canes, in a word, who wins? <sighs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, guys, but the Chiefs are going to win by 13 plus, mm. and it's only 15 plus. Playing. 15 plus, they're playing okay. in Hamilton. It's miserable conditions today. Uh, Wellington miserable there anyway. <laughs> but I'm sorry, mate. But um, but I'm probably tipping the Hurricanes to beat the Blues next week, and I'm a Blues supporter. So there you go. Well, John, our beautiful relationship must come to an end. Uh, thank you so much for calling. <laughs> we will uh, call next week, mate. Call next week. Yeah, love your work, John. I think we go to Auckland. Uh, g'day, Zaid. How you doing? Uh, good, thank you. Uh, Daniel the Snake McCarty and uh, Grant the Hairy Jav. <laughs> g'day, Zaid. Uh, good accent. like that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I was uh, pretty impressed with the Blues last night. Uh, Mark Talia left the... Uh, uh, I think he left the Reds in a bit of sleet and a bit of dust last night. Yeah. What a nice try. Um... Bodie Barrett was looking good, you know, was running the ball, but then uh, went off of a bit of an ankle ankle injury, so I'm not sure how well he's going today. Um, hopefully it's not too bad and he'll be all right to play against the Canes next weekend at Eden Park. But, uh, yeah, great one for the Blues, 45-26 over the Reds, so gets the Blues back in the fourth spot for now, which is good. Um so I, I, while I really want the Blues to avoid the Crusaders in the quarterfinals, because um, yeah, it wouldn't be too good playing the Crusaders in the first game. So, no, not not if you have to go down there, my friend. We all know what happens to teams when they go to Christchurch uh, for Super Rugby yeah. playoffs games. They they leave empty-handed. Right. Hey, Bowden Barrett and the All Blacks. You know, no one wants to see anyone get injured, um, and he's certainly going to the World Cup. He's going to be in the squad. Is he, is he in a, a match day 23 for you, Zade, if you were picking the All Blacks today to, to, play the, to play the French at a World Cup? Yeah, he'd be starting at fullback for me. Interesting. And I'd have... Um, so he's, and would, who's on the wings? I would, uh, Mark Talia and uh, Will Jordan. And for me, starting at 10 would be Damian McKenzie. Yeah. And Moonga's on the bench, is he? Yeah, Mawanga's on the bench because he can, um, yeah, replace McKenzie. And you can also take Barrett off and slot McKenzie to fullback. So I think, and I think McKenzie's been the best player all year in Super Rugby. And um, Mawanga goes missing for the All Blacks. So, yeah. And, um, well, the thing with Will Jordan, he's never played fullback for the All Blacks. So I can't think Ian Foster changes mind for the World Cup until maybe Robinson comes next year. Um, he might play fullback for the All Blacks. But, for the World Cup, it's definitely going to be Will Jordan. When he gets picked, we'll be playing in the wing. And um, Jordy Barrett's got to be at 12 for me, Jordy and Rico. So that's why I think Barrett will be the fullback for the World Cup. Yeah. Zade, you always come armed with uh, good ideas, my friend. Thank you so much for dropping by. Go Thank enjoy you. your Saturday. Our number is 0800-150-811. Open line talk throughout this uh, hour. Now is your opportunity uh, to join us. Uh, this is the Saturday session in association with our dear friends, Rum and Q, award-winning rubs, sauces and seasonings, gave them a good thrashing again this week.
I must admit, at home. What did you give a good thrashing, the ramrod? No, I didn't try the ramrod yet. I'm, I'm going to get to the ramrod next. Mm-hmm. I'm still working my way through the SQ, the well, SC. Well, that's the one you said that probably best suits me, the softcock. Well, if people were checking out our little social media feeds, yeah, maybe, maybe. Good morning, Ben Francis. How are you, mate? Morning, Benjamin. 20 minutes into the show, the phone's already rocking, the text line going off, we haven't got to our favourite. It's on fire. Morning, guys. How are you? How are we? Good, mate. Curb your enthusiasm. Good week? Are, are you a bit down because the Warriors aren't playing this weekend? Uh, I mean, I guess it gives me a weekend to build up some brownie points, so we'll put it that way. Okay, how are you going to do that? How are you going to secure the brownie points? Oh, uh, no, on the show. Uh, We're all about getting brownie <laughs> points for our, for our listeners. Mow that lawn. Mow that lawn. I don't have any lawns to mow, Grant. Okay, well, I mean... Well, don't Tim, mow the lawn? Tim talks about doing DIY, one of my Everton, you know, <laughs> fans. Um, how is that WhatsApp group going? It's going going good. I'm just working out whether or not I should give everyone my number because they might want to abuse me. And also, I'm wondering, Ben Francis, do you think... That the reason we're not getting a lot of Everton fans in is because they don't want to be in a group with me. It's not about Everton, but more about me. Very good question. Because uh, you know, I, you'd, uh, I'd imagine a lot of people wouldn't want to associate with Everton anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's probably more. People are probably just too embarrassed to admit they support Everton at the moment with the with the state of the club they are. So, but then I mean, you were a Warriors fan last year, and were you embarrassed? Was I embarrassed as a Warriors fan last year? Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I'm embarrassed. No, but I guess the, there's there's a. I think I feel like there's a lot more riding on the Premier League, and with the Premier League, I would argue being one of the biggest sports leagues in the world. I'd say it's probably no, hurts no a bit more to be failing in that than it opposed to the NRL. So, however, you're not wearing your Warriors shirt every weekend like you did last year. No, because he, he doesn't want to sweat through it because he knows the next couple of months are huge in the context well, of the season. I, 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 the Warriors have been really good this year. They, they've been in the top eight. All but good. one week. All but one week, which was I, last week. But they're back into the top eight, heading into the round. But let me say this, and Ben doesn't like it when I bring this up, but they've played just three games in 11 against teams currently in the top eight. Mm. They beat the Sharks. They lost to the Storm and Panthers. The next eight games, six teams in the top eight. Yeah. And Ben knows Stress City. Here he comes. So that's why he doesn't that's want to sweat through. Doesn't want to sweat through the Warriors jersey, and this is very sensible. No, I, it's going to be, you know, squeaky bum time for a couple of months. No, I explained last week, Grant, that it's. I, I've noticed that wearing the shirt every week, all the time, uh, it's working this year. So I'm sticking with it. Nice. Superstition. Nice. I, I like, like it. it. I'm very I like superstitious. That. I respect that. Indeed, you are. Uh, it's 22 minutes after 10 o'clock. This is the Saturday session. Great to have your company. Uh, open line talk throughout this hour. 0800 150 811. You can text us on, on the Temper Bedpost text machine on double eight double three. Our show with rum and Q, award-winning rub sauces and seasonings. Back after the season us with some of your opinions after this short break. 27 minutes after 10 o'clock. Our number is 0800 Go on, join the program. Time for you to uh, drop in your thoughts. I, I'd like to know, or find might be the better word to use. I'd like to find the most confident Hurricanes fan listening to the station now. Confident for the season or just no, confident tonight. for the game? For the okay, game tonight. Coming up against the Chiefs. Is, is there a Canes fan listening? I'm being sincere. Give us a call. 0800-150-811. And also... Who, who, who thinks their side, despite being written off, we just heard John say, <coughs> Chiefs are going to win by 15 plus because three players aren't playing for the Hurricanes. Uh, is there a confident Canes fan willing to call 
on 0800-158-11. If no one calls, I will take it. There is no Hurricanes fan on the planet who th- think they can win tonight. And I don't all- think that's fair way uh, to, cu- to come to that point, but I will. And the reason why you're asking is because they're leaving out the All Blacks players. So they'd still have to be confident given the team that they, they're going to put on the field tonight. Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of people have just thought, well, those three aren't playing, the Canes can't win. Yeah. From a fan's perspective as well, like John sounded really disappointed, and I totally understand it. He brought up the Trent Bolt thing. I wonder how many sports organizations actually have a cross-section of fans that they ask. What do you want to see? But there's a high-performance element to it as well, isn't there, Daniel? Oh, there is. There is indeed. Yeah, there is a high-performance. You can't have injured but, players. But, but I'm a little bit disappointed. I guess because I'm, just, I'm still not sure how good the Canes are. Why? Because of the draw. You know, seven of their wins, five the five and zero against Australian teams, if I'm not mistaken. So five wins against Australian teams. They play luck of the draw. They got Moana Pacifica twice. A lot of teams haven't. In those two games, they beat Moana Pacifica 130 to 22. When are we going to have a discussion about Moana Pacifica? Um, maybe not this week. We can talk about it down the line. They've only played three New Zealand sides and one and two. Um, that one win was against the Highlanders. <clears throat> Most teams have beaten the Highlanders this year. I'm still just not sure how good the Canes are. So if there is a, a confident Hurricanes fan, I want to find the most confident Hurricanes fan right now. 0800-150-811. How do you feel I, about it? Well, if you just listen to what I said, which obviously you didn't. Yeah, I did. I, I'm just not, I don't know. I yeah, don't you know how don't, good they are. Yeah, you're saying why, you don't know how good they are, but you but haven't still, really. I still don't know how good they are go, going to be because three players aren't playing mm. who are central to what they do. You don't sound confident tonight. No, I guess I'm not. No, you don't sound very confident. But you don't know how good they are in terms of the season. So you'd love to see their best team out tonight to yes. actually get a gauge of, of where you, they're at. Thank you for articulating it for me, Grant. That I'm I was just in, I, to... that, that I was incapable of doing. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Are there uber confident uh, Canes fans out there? Are you almost celebrating early, <laughs> Grant? I've got to raise this. Oh, how I chuckled at this during the week. And this is a question for our audience if they've done something similar. Ben Francis wouldn't have, because, you know, he's far too sensible. He, he wouldn't have done anything like this. UEFA, UEFA, you know, the governing body of European football. Now, two hours before kickoff of the Manchester City and Real Madrid uh, Champions League semi final, do you know what they did? No. Well, someone running the UEFA social media account tweeted out a, a graphic promoting the Champions League final between Inter Milan, who had qualified the day before, and their opponent for the final. Drum roll, please. That team was Real Madrid. <laughs> Let me repeat. They tweeted this out before the semi-final was actually played. <laughs> so it's quite a gaff, isn't it? They went early. They went real early. And there was egg on their face. So it's got me thinking, have you ever gone early in sport? There's some high-profile examples. Herschel Gibbs, he mm. was celebrating too early, took the catch, dropped it. And then Steve Waugh, Tiger Waugh yeah. said, you just dropped the World Cup, mate. Exactly. So anyone out there, 0800 have you ever gone early? Have you celebrated early and dropped a catch? Hello, Herschel Gibbs. Or scored that touchdown um, that you didn't score because you celebrated too early. I'm talking about Leon Lett, who did that in a Super Bowl. He picked up a, a fumble, tried to run it in, had his hands wide open. And someone came from behind and whacked it out of his hand. But but what about fandom too? Have you ever booked a flight or purchased a ticket to a big game and your team have not made it because they were not good enough? 
Ben, have you done anything of the sort? You've never bought a grand final ticket? And this is our year. Uh, is there a Warriors fan who's bought a ticket to the NRL grand final this year? I'd like to know. Because you're so confident in teams. Who's gone early? If you've gone early in sport, I want to know. The the only example I can give would be when, I think, I think it was the 2013 NBA Finals when Miami beat Spurs. So I supported Miami and I was following the score yeah. on, the, on the bus on the way home. And it was yeah. when Miami, it was like 20 seconds to go down by five, impossible. And I was like, I think I went on social media, <laughs> unlucky Miami, hopefully next year. By the time I'd walked from the bus... <laughs> Till I got home, I turned on the TV, and that is when Ray Allen sunk that three to tie the game and sent it overtime. And of course, Miami went on to win that game and then win Game Seven to wrap up the title. But at, at that game as well, they had all the, the the security guards out with the tape ready ready for the Spurs to win. So it was one of those ones where it was a one in a in a hundred chance of actually overcoming. But that was probably not celebrating too early, but conceding defeat too early. Brilliant! I love it. I love it. Like you being nice. so you know gracious in defeat, even before your team's been beaten. Well, there, that is a great example of going early. There was also the America's Cup, wasn't there? Where all the families, they'd been over there for three months and they were packing their bags before every race because they just kind of like <laughs> wanted to get out of there. They were like, right, we're done. We're going to win this race. The family jinxed them. And they just kept packing their bags, didn't they, until, um, yeah, the inevitable happened. But I, I've gone early in the wrong way. Um, so it was... In the lead up to the World Cup, and my sister phoned me and Which said, year? Uh, 2015. Right, 2015. And she phoned me and she said, listen, I've got a date for my, my wedding, um, but it's on the same day as the World Cup final. And I was told I wasn't going to be in the squad. <laughs> so I said... You'd been told. Yeah, well, I mean, I knew, like, I was a replacement player. Yeah, you, so you'd read the tea leaves. I said to her, I said, you know, listen, you've got the venue, you've got the date, you've got to go for it. I said, the chances... Of one, me being in the squad is minimal, and two, us making the final is also minimal. So I said, it's stacked against you in terms of, you know, or stacked in the favor of, of you securing that venue. So go for it. And then obviously. So did she get married on that day? Yes. So you and, missed it. And the public was abusing her, saying, who organizes their wedding day on the day of the World Cup final? And it was all my fault. Well, so I have to apologize. The World Cup final did. So I have to apologize so she, to her. So, so she actually rang, ran this past you mm. and you gave her the all clear. Yeah. Yeah, I gave her the wow. all clear because, I mean, I wasn't going to be in the squad and then things changed in the. Yeah, well, things did change six months leading up to it. So you really you did cost me $120 then, Grant, because you should have you, you oh, known that, so you should have not hit that, hit that six to win. South Africa would have then had it a all, chance to win. It all comes back to Ben Francis's bet of $120, doesn't it? It always comes back to that. It's incredible. So you went that early. Yeah, I went Because you were that low on your own chances and the Black Caps. Can oh, we have that in the sporting headlines at um, 11 o'clock? Former <laughs> Black Cap ridicules 2015 teammates, <laughs> saying they had no chance without him. No, that wasn't it. I was told but, by a selector that I was a replacement That's player. how the Sun would write it, okay. or the Daily Mail, yeah, wouldn't they? That's how the Saturday Sesh would yeah. write it too. Um, I don't know why this text has arrived. I have never been to a grand final, okay? Okay, unnamed texter, do appreciate that. I'm not sure what that exactly means. Um, but sporting fans, have you gone early? Uh, give us your examples, whether it's on uh, the Temple Bear Post text machine, double eight double three, or pick up the phone 0800 Here's one from Steve. Hi, guys. Grant is usually right, 
but his support of Everton lowers my opinion of his undoubted ability. Regards, Steve. Oh, Steve. Now, Steve, listen. That was a very nicely worded text message. Wasn't it? He was very nice in the way he was ridiculing you there. All I got out of that is Grant is normally right. And then the rest of it. That's what but, I mean. But Steve, what I will say is I supported Everton from the age of six. And the reason why I supported Everton was because my dad supported Liverpool. And there was that, you know, the local derby thing going on. And Everton were actually a gun team back in the day. So you have to support the team that you, you start supporting. And you, you don't falter. Like my son this morning, he was saying, don't know if I want to support the Nets anymore. Because all the players are gone. And I'm like, mate, you support them. You have to support them forever. So we had a oh, big argument. Yeah, he, he, wants to get to, out? he wants to trade in teams. No, like if I teach no, him early on, then he he's just going to keep trading teams in. He can't, but he's like, Dad, how many teams did you play for? And I'll be like, <laughs> the Chittagong Vikings didn't count. <laughs> <laughs> do what I say, not do what I do. Not man. as many as Imran Tahir. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is 23 minutes away from 11 o'clock. Uh, your thoughts this hour at 100 If you've got an example of you going early in your sporting career, especially as a fan, do let us know. I'd love to uh, hear from you on the back of uh, UEFA. That's quite an embarrassing slip-up from UEFA, fair to say, <laughs> two hours before kickoff. 23 away from 11, back after this. Keep your messages rolling through to double eight, double through the Temper Bed Post uh, uh, text machine. We're asking you, when have you gone early in sport, especially as a fan? Uh, someone writes here, I back Cody Taylor to score three tries. He was then scratched just before the start. The following week, Brody McAllister scored three tries. WTF. Yeah, his replacement's great. And Josh writes, and you'll appreciate this one, Grant. Book some, some accommodation at Wellington before the 2015 Super Rugby Final, expecting to see a victory parade. And Ali... Dixon, no try, stuffed that plan, <laughs> writes Josh. Josh, Josh, oh. deepest, my deepest condolences and sympathies. So Josh went early, he booked accommodation, that never happened. Uh, instances where you've gone early in sport, uh, do let us know whether it's picking up the phone 0800 150 811 or uh, text us Time, though, in association with Rum and Q, award-winning rubs, sauces and seasonings, to get to rubbed the wrong way, things that have annoyed us in some way, shape or form. Grant will get to this a little bit later. So what's rubbed me the wrong way, and fear not, Warriors fans, uh, it won't be about your side. People won't take to social media and <laughs> attack my It's good, I like that. Actually, do the go to social media oh, and attack yeah. Daniel McCarty. Yeah, go, go to social media like and attack. attack. Attack me under this video. That m might get posted a little bit later. I want to see it happen. Okay, I well, do. thanks, Grant. Um, do you know what rubs me out the wrong way, Grant? Warriors fans the attacking you. Yeah, yeah, well, there's that. Luckily, I'm thick-skinned. I, I don't worry that too much. The fact that good times never last, Grant. The good times never last. That all good things must come to an end, Grant. They must. Sounds negative. Yeah. The search for the good times is what I'm all about, Grant. You should know that by now. This attitude makes up my very core. And I hold on for it far too long, hoping the good will stay. It never does. It eventually leaves. Hence why I don't go home at a reasonable hour, Grant. Never. Very rarely slippery fish. <laughs> Never. But back to sport. Why am I a little sad? Well, the good times. Check that. The incredible times in men's tennis are coming to an end. To say we have been treated over the last generation in the men's game uh, would be a criminal understatement. We have lived through a truly extraordinary era. Thanks to the big three, Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, and uh, the other guy nobody likes. Uh, and I hope we appreciate it before it's gone, before it's gone forever. 
See, late last year, Roger Federer uh, retired, ending, uh, ending a remarkable career that was littered with titles, headbands and highlights. Uh, and yesterday we learnt the end date for another of the big three is now set in stone. Rafael Nadal has announced he is pulling out of the French Open, which starts next week because of a lingering hip in- issue. And he expects 2024 to be the final season of his career. Yes, I know, 2024 is a long way away. Uh, listeners are probably saying, come on, slow down, mate, you've still got next year. But Rafael Nadal, who turns 37 next month, says he does not want to set a date for his return to tennis and says it will at least take months. That doesn't sound good. He's clearly still hurting. So I can counter with how much can we expect him to actually be on court till the end of 2024. My advice, soak in every minute he takes the court. I'm a sporting romantic and would love... Nothing more than Nadal to be able to do what he does best, Grant, which is chasing tennis balls around like a court, like a crazed puppy jacked up on uppers chasing a stick, right? It would be a cruel, cruel blow if Nadal couldn't take to the court. I don't want my last memory of Nadal at a Grand Slam to be that of a clearly wounded Nadal battling himself more than his opponent in a second round loss to an unseated American, as we saw earlier this year. Uh, he he was the, the reigning champion for the Australian Open uh, earlier this year. Let's not forget that. But the wounded bull really was wounded. The Spanish bull was clearly wounded. So he won't get to Roland Garros with the French when the French starts next week in a place where he has built a ridiculous record, 14 titles. 14? It's more than your test batting average, Grant. 14. It is. It is. I checked. <laughs> uh, his record at the French uh, Tennis Open... 112 games won. He's lost three in his career at the French Open. Uh, The finish line now, unfortunately, is in sight for Nadal, and it won't be too long before there's no Nadal, no Federer, and just the guy that so many of you dislike with an unhealthy level, um, Novak Djokovic. And that leaves me feeling a little hollow. Since Federer's first Grand Slam title in 2003 at Wimbledon, how's this? There have been 78 Grand Slams, including that Wimbledon of 2023. In those 78 tournaments, either Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic have won 65 of them. Wow. They have won 83% of all Grand Slams since Wimbledon in 2003. Uh, Those have spoiled us um, with pure dominance and brilliance. It's been incredible. And yes, I know all good things must come to an end, Grant, but I don't have to be happy about it. Though I'll try and savour every moment from now up until the end. Yes, and even for Novak, for all his haters out there. Experience Rum and Q's award-winning barbecue rub sauces and seasonings. Absolutely perfect for any occasion. What's rubbed you the wrong way? Let us know. 0800-150-811-8833. Either call or text and everyone goes into the drawer. Um, and they come with a wonderful, wonderful prize back thanks to the uh, award-winning team at Rum and Q back after this break. What's rubbed you the wrong way is open time for you to contribute. Double eight, double three. I'll pick up the phone. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. The wonderful team at Rum and Q have a prize pack for uh, a lucky punter today. Dave's quickly in the mix. Uh, what's rubbed me the wrong way? The way Jerome Luai carries himself just aggravates me, especially when he grabbed the ref the other night. No surprises there. Just looks arrogant. Was cops fine? No suspension. Did he grab him or just rest his hand? I don't know, Dave. Maybe others can contribute, but you are on the draw nonetheless. All right, we've been playing a wonderful game over the last few weeks called Grant Elliott's Current, but very likely to change, and often, New Zealand World Cup 11. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a special select, special guest selector 
who's going to join the show right now. He didn't join this show. He was on with Smithy the other day. So they did awesome work in the Hawks Bay. Guy you know well. Uh, can, can we play the clip of the great Ross Taylor? I think the ideal team for me would be, and this is a team I don't think they're going to go with, but you could go, theoretically, with the way it's looking at the moment, they're going to have a top four that doesn't has never played one game at a one-day World Cup. So for me, Martin Guptill should be there at opening the batting um, with either Devin Conway or um, Will Young. Uh, so I'd say, say it's say it's Conway Guptill, Will Young at three, uh, Daryl Mitchell at four. I think um, I don't think that's the way the selectors and Steady are going to go. But I think to go into a World Cup tournament with no one in the top four have ever played a match um, is a risk. But um, a risk that uh, you know, looking from the outside in, it's probably probably the way they're going to go. All right, there's Ross Taylor looking at the top order specifically, Grant. Uh, your last lineup of Grant Elliott's current, but very likely to change, and often New Zealand World Cup eleven. Uh, you had Alan Conway, Mitchell, Phillips, Latham. No, I had Alan uh, bracketed with no, Young. Yeah, you did. That's right. Yeah. Uh, week one, you had Alan. Then Young's come into the mix, and Young's probably edged ahead. That's uh, why it's called Grant Elliott's current, but very likely to change, and often. Uh, yes, and also because they had the Tour de Pakistan, which I was there for all 10 games, and I actually saw the way selection was unfolding, and the fact that Young was given a lot of opportunity, um, I think that it indicated, one, that Daryl Mitchell would bat at three, so, you know, Ross Taylor said, this is my team, but it's not what they're going to go yes. for. Well, um, um, he's not a selector, you're not a selector either, they're not going to pick your team either. But that top four, specifically that top four, the, the Guptill one. And the notion, it's a really interesting point. Um, we could go into a World Cup with none of that top four having played a World Cup. Is that a big deal in your opinion? Well, I don't think that that's entirely true because Mitchell opened the batting in the T20 World Cup final that we watched and semi-final. I assume he meant one day World Cup. Yeah, one days. Yeah, but Mitchell's got enough experience. And I mean, you know, he's shown in international cricket that, you know, he's a clutch player in every format of the game. So... It doesn't matter really where he bats. And the fact that he performed extremely well in Pakistan batting at three, I think that New Zealand have finally found their number three. Now, he only names the top four. This is very dependent on the strategy that New Zealand go for. If they go for an extra bowler because they want to get wickets in the power play or they go with the extra batter so they want to maximize the opportunity. Handled it like a true pro, haven't you? But here's us trying to agitate between two you know, former teammates who get along swimmingly in an eye. <laughs> But the Guptill idea, he, he hasn't played for a year. You so, just, I, th- I think you were thinking they've just moved on. They've moved on, I think. Yeah. Heck of a career. Unfortunately, amazing career. But yeah, it, d- it doesn't look like the indications are there that he's in the fold. He should be in the fold. It should be Guptill, Allen, Young in the fold for that opening position. But it won't be. 11 a.m., hour number two of the Saturday session. Grant Elliott alongside Daniel McCarty. I said that as if I was you. Did you? Yeah. In a South African accent. Yeah. You never really put on the South African accent. I get uh, that a lot when people say hello to me. They go, hello, Grant. Grant. No, no. Uh, I, I'm complete, I must admit, I'm completely, <laughs> completely thrown by what you've just shown me in the ad break. Which was what? Your doppelganger. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, I do. Get, I've been getting it a lot lately, and I don't think I really look like him. Joseph Fiennes. Uh, the actor. I, yeah. So I got it. I got it on ESPN Crick Info. I got the whole doppelganger thing, and he was the one. But it's I don't a pretty see good it. doppelganger. To is have. it though? 
I don't know, he's pretty creepy. I, I only ever get told I look like Jack Black, which is, that's not a good thing. He's good. Well, he's yeah. funny, but yeah. aesthetically. Brings a lot of energy, positive a lot of energy. energy. A lot of energy. Yeah. Gee, it's really nice. You're just, you're just dancing around the central thesis <laughs> of that, aren't you? You really are. Oh, that's nice. He's funny and brings and not, good energy. Yeah, but what about that uh, one with Kate Winslet? Well, he's a hairy oh. walrus, isn't he? No, he's a good-looking lad. Dapper. At least I'm clean-shaven this week. Got rid of the beard. So, I don't know. Jack Black but, always rocks the beard. I, I, know think ben, should do I know Ben has just run out of the studio. Would you be okay if we, we put up on the on our social media accounts a photo of Grant Elliott and a photo of Joseph Fiennes, and we'll get the audience to decide if you guys look look identical or not? Oh, or close. Yeah. You can do whatever you want on the show. You do anyway, so. Yeah, I was kind of asking. <laughs> you were telling me. Yeah, I was kind of telling you. That's, telling what, we're, you. that's what we're going to do. Well, thank goodness Ben Francis is out of yeah. the studio. Double eight, double three. Keep your messages rolling in, or you can pick up the phone on 0800 Let's get to the sporting headlines at the top of the hour. And the Blues and the All Blacks have suffered an injury scare with Bowden Barrett limping off the field during last night's 45-26 win over the Reds in Brisbane. Barrett left the game shortly in the shortly into the second half and was seen with a heavily strapped ankle on the sidelines. And although he's scheduled for his All Blacks rest next week, the Blues will be hoping he isn't out for longer. So he's got a rest next week against the Canes, but he's now injured. Meanwhile, the Crusaders were too strong for Moana Pacifica, winning 41 points to 7. Hey, sticking with rugby and Welshman Alan Wynne-Jones and Justin uh, Tabrick, uh, have announced their retirements from international rugby just four months before Wales Rugby World Cup campaign begins. Jones is world rugby's record holder, having played 170 tests. It's incredible. For Wales and the British and Irish Lions. So, Ben, is he retired as of today, or is he announcing that the World Cup will be the end? Uh, I understand it's effective immediately. Wow. And that was after discussions with Warren Gatlin. So maybe Gatlin was saying, look, mate, I'm probably not going to be picking you. So, but yeah, massive news yeah. out of Wales. What an incredible career. I must admit, he had looked a little bit, he'd looked like someone who'd played 170 tests at times last year, I'm, or earlier this year, last year. I'm trying to be as delicate as possible. How can you criticise someone who's played 170 test matches? Incredible stuff. Uh, let's get to the uh, PGA Championship as we uh, wrap up the sporting headlines at the top of the hour. PGA Championship at Oak Hill, Grant. Who's leading? It doesn't matter. Let's go down to Rory McIlroy, who's down in <laughs> 27th place. You're really he, bitter about that just, highlights package, he missed, a, he missed a bogey on the 12th. Let's have a look at that bogey. <laughs> Corey Connors still leads at minus five alongside Scotty Scheffler. So a can, Canadian and a Yank on top. But they've been joined by Victor Hovland who has finished his round. He shot um, uh, three under today, so he's five under for the tournament alongside Connors and Scheffler. They have a one-shot lead over DeChambeau's Bryson DeChambeau on uh, minus four. Then there is uh, Justin Sues on minus three. Brooks Kepka, uh, Keegan Bradley, uh, Callum Tarrant, uh, minus two. That makes up your top eight. So um, the leader's at minus five, and there's three of them now. We scroll down uh, to Ryan Fox, who last report had just finished the 18th, had uh, come in at uh, three over for the day, 73, three over, one over for the tournament. He is now tied for 18th. Grant, he's uh, tied for 18th. Uh, 73. Well, where's McElroy? The reason why I'm asking about this, and we'll cover it later, is... He's in a tie for 11th. He's okay. coming at minus one. So he will get a few highlights. He's even for the tournament. So I, I explained to Daniel 
uh, that I was watching Sky News and all I saw was highlights of Rory McIlroy. As if he was the only person in the tournament. And I kept looking at the leaderboard and I was like, well, Ryan Fox is at the top. And it made me wonder, like, they just kept following him. They even had a putt for bogey that he missed and then showed, you know, subsequently a few birdies. But I kept thinking, well, why are they not showing the leaders here? I wonder if it, because he's probably got a deal with the PGA that he needs a certain amount of airtime. I wonder if the managers actually negotiate that. Uh, I'm guessing a lazy journalist only watched it for like 30 minutes and got a couple of highlights and then did voiceover tape. And was yeah. like, run that, we'll run that. Similar you know, to Ticking boxes, I've got to go do 15 other stories today because yeah, that's me defending journalists. Uh, gone too early. Gone too early, sporting fans out there. That's our question of the day, thanks to UEFA's slip of their uh, thumb on the social media. Gone early during the 2011 Rugby World Cup in New Zealand, we met eight South Africans in Auckland. The South Africans were the current world champions. Yeah, we do remember. Uh, they had flown in from all over the world. They had brought tickets to the semi-final and final. Ouch! <sighs> While they were in the air, the quarter-final was on, and Australia beat them 11 points to 9. They were gutted, but we had a fun night with them out at the cloud. That is from Brian. Great story, Brian. Absolutely love that. Imagine that. We're on the way to the World Cup. Let's get a flight. Land. We lost. <laughs> we're out. We're out of the tournament. You still have a good time, though. Oh, of and Brian did. Did he, did he go to um, Danny Doolin's? In the I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. Uh, keep your thoughts coming through on 8883, the Temper Post text machine, or pick up the phone 0800 Jacob Spoonley's going to join us in about 10 minutes' time uh, to talk some football. Right now, let's uh, head to the quizmaster, Ben Francis, who's got a challenge for us. Hello, Ben. Hey, guys. How are we? We are good. We're ready for this. All right. Ready to go. All love right, the music. I love the music. Yes. All right, guys. So we've got a bit of a new segment here, and we're calling it uh, Fact or Fiction. So we're going to be mm-hmm. doing a, a topic that's been topical throughout the station during the week. Essentially, yes. we're, you guys are going to be flipping a coin, and you're going to be debating one side or the other. And today's topic is based around Mark Robinson chatting with Sumo on the station yesterday and his comments with regards yep. to the state of rugby uh, in New Zealand. Okay, do you want to play the clips first or yep. or after we do the coin toss? No, we'll, we'll, play, we'll play a clip first and then we'll get into it. Working okay. really hard at the moment to put the fan more at the centre of the whole experience around the game and the participant as it relates to community rugby. But, you know, we've got an obligation here where we are juggling priorities, aren't we? And, mm. and all of the research and data we see from from our high performance people around load, amount of minutes is, is suggesting that these, uh, these guys, the players, need... Um, a break around the um, around the cycle that we're talking, you know, around that five six game mark. Now, I appreciate there's probably a lot of fans out there that are, are used to historically seeing players play for, you know, long periods of time. But um, we feel a real obligation around player welfare, and as I say, all the all the information uh, is telling us that they need a break occasionally. And I mean, I, I get it. That's just a an issue we've got to keep monitoring and um, in a World Cup year especially that's something that we have to be really conscious of Alrighty guys so our topic will be does resting athletes actually help the game in terms of rugby in the long run so I want you guys to flip your coin there and we'll be able to debate which one we want so pro or against so pro you have to argue for the high performance and the rest I'm going to go heads okay But, but what's heads well, if I win the toss, I get to choose. No, that's not how it works. Oh, yeah, you tell me how it's going to work. Then. Well, if it's heads, you've got to argue against. So I'm going to go for pro athlete. Yeah, yeah. It's a head. Okay, that's perfect. That's landed. 
So I knew that this is what it would be like. So you're going for the fan. You're going against... I'm going against resting. Yes, and I'm going to go for it. Well, who wants to go first? You can go first. Okay, I'll go I'm first. A, I'm a gentleman. Okay, well, you employ a strength and conditioner. You employ all these fitness gurus. Oh, God, people, I'm nodding off already. The people that understand exactly what athletes need to be in the peak performance so that they don't break down. Because if they broke, break down, they're out of the tournament or you know the series for the whole season. So a few games break here and there to actually make sure the longevity of the athletes, you know, stays so that they're ready for not only a World Cup, but for the Super Rugby um, tournament. So you can't go against what the experts say. So if they need a rest, they need a rest. Otherwise, they break down and you just don't see them anymore. Sad for the fan, but inevitably the fan will see more of that player rather than less of that player. You finished? I'm finished. How do, how do we judge his performance, Ben? I just don't agree. Can we announce with them. me the winner? Can, can we announce me as the winner already? <laughs> well, essentially, what we want people to text double A double three. You text okay. through Grant or Daniel. All right. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay, Mister Science. Wait, why okay, doesn't he Mr. get music? Yeah, you got to give him oh, music as well. Music. It has to I be absolutely fair. Absolutely want the dramatic music. I perform better with dramatic music. Okay, Mister Science. Let, let me deal on some alternative facts. Can we can we play the opening few seconds of the clip again? Can we play the opening few seconds of the clip? Working really hard at I the didn't moment know we to could put do the this. fan more at the centre of the whole experience. Oh, okay, the game. just stop it there. Just, just stop it there. Working really hard to put the fan at the centre of thing. And he also goes on um, to add, you know, some fans, you know, historically would have seen players play long stretches. Eh, false. You've been resting players for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. This is nothing new. And your fans have been telling you this for years and years and years. And you're not listening. And now you want us to believe you're going to put the fans at the centre of everything? Then you backtrack and then talk about the high performance. You're still a high performance organisation. You're still an All Blacks driven organisation. We're talking Super Rugby here, and you want me to get excited about my team, the Canes, tonight resting key players because they need to rest so they're in good shape to play for another team in a different tournament. If those players get injured... Mike, drop. Just give me, give me the victory now. If those players get injured for the Canes today because... Their loads are too high. They could get injured at science training. No, they no, no. Be, well, they could get injured. But science tells you that if you yeah. do a certain amount of kilometres, certain amount of overs, there's a higher risk that you'll get injured. And then we, we lose those players for the World Cup. So do you want to risk them missing out on the World Cup because of a Canes Chiefs? For the sake of winning this, absolutely. For the sake of winning this game, absolutely. So you can go with Mr. Cool, Calm, Collected, Measured, Mr. Science, Grant Elliott. Oh, or just, you, an Terry. Em- just an emotional wreck. Mm. Put, trying to pull at all your emotional heartstrings, uh, Daniel. Text uh, Grant or Daniel. Oh, it's 2-0 to Grant. Well, Grant, Thank get, you, off your, get off your phone. Get off your <laughs> phone, Grant. Thank you, Kerry, and unnamed <laughs> texter. It's 2-0 on the text machine at the moment. So this might be... A great start. Well, they, they're All Blacks fans, I'm guessing. Are you looking at this carry through an All Black lens? Oh. <laughs> or an entertainment lens? Yeah, okay. It's fair enough. 12 minutes after 11, back after this, as I'll probably ungraciously take defeat. 
Uh, but we'll definitely. <laughs> you I went mean, too early. Yeah. You went I, too oh, early. I, I had to play the emotional game, didn't I? You had science behind you. Uh, 13 after 11, uh, Jacob Spoonley talks football with us soon. 17 minutes after 11 o'clock, this is the Saturday session. We talk the round ball game, the global game, the beautiful game. Time to talk some football with a, a beautiful footballing mind. Uh, Grant Elliott, alongside me, Daniel McCarty, and we can welcome in former Phoenix, former All-White, Sky Sports commentator, the one, the only, Mr. Jacob Spoonley. Welcome, Spoons. How you doing? And Everton supporter. Yeah, the, uh, there is there is a rumour. There is a rumour. Jacob, you're an Everton fan. Commiserations. No, I think... Uh, sorry, kia boys. Thank you very much for having me on. That has been a wonderfully staged introduction for me to tell Grant that I hope that Everton stay up because it's six points for Liverpool each season. <laughs> Grant was so excited oh. that he had someone else. But an Everton, of, it, yeah, he's not an Everton fan. He only knows the right side of Liverpool and it's the red side. Don't you, Jacob Spoonley? You're a smart individual. Right side, red side. I am, mate. Exactly. Yeah, don't I don't know. Don't know if you're aware of this, Jacob, but Grant has been desperately trying to, um, you know, build his own Everton supporters club. I think it's an emotional crutch sort of group, um, you know, to cushion the blow to the inevitable, um, you know, falling into the championship. He, he's been talking about this for about four hours on radio over two weekends. How many people in your, your supporters group? How many messages have you got from our listeners? We've got we've got four people in our supporters group including now, Jacob. Grant, and I was Grant. hoping that you could be the fifth. Someone's actually put their name forward as CEO. He's a banker. Um, and I'm happy with that. So well, I think, what I, I want to do is I want to... I don't think it's banker. Grant, I don't think it's <laughs> banker. Mate. So what I'm going to do, Jacob, is I'm getting this Everton team together... McCarty's going to try and get a Liverpool team together, and at some stage, we're going to have the local derby at some pub in the early morning in, in uh, New Zealand, and you'll be there on the wrong side of the Yeah, but he'll be, he'll be watching Liverpool collect um, you know, more points against Everton. Well, look, um, you, you can label, label the bar however you want, Grant, but at the end of the day, we're taking home three points, and I'll definitely be there. So it sounds like a great number. Yeah. Oh. I think Jacob's right. Jacob raised a very good point. You know, th- this is a potentially devastating blow for Liverpool if Everton go down. That is, that is, that is six <laughs> nailed-on points. Six nailed-on oh. points that would be coughing up. This is Just the like thing. That. As an Everton fan, you're always outnumbered. You're always outnumbered. <laughs> anyway, should we get to the I, job? I, and I think... There's a whole... Sorry, sorry, Jacob, go ahead. No, that's fine. Just to round it off, boys, I actually think there's something for Grant. Um, uh, Daniel, and it's called counselling, which is probably what he's seeking, but just not engaging with it, and instead watching Everton, uh, feeding the crutches. <laughs> Jacob, you're not starting this relationship well. <laughs> well, he wasn't here to build a relationship with you. He's here to wind you up. I think he's doing, he's hitting the brief just perfectly. Let's actually talk about football. Let, let's talk about the bottom of the English Premier League, where where uh, Everton are firmly in the mix. We know Southampton's going down. May they rest in peace. Uh, Leicester City, Leeds and Forest. Four points separates Forest, who are on 34, and Leicester on 30. Who, who gets out? Who, who gets out of trouble? I genuinely think this stays as is. And although it's going to be a, a sprint, which will be won by a his width, I think, between Everton and Leeds, if you find yourself in a situation where you have the even smallest of margins to separate 
you from the relegation zone, typically you do stay up and you've got that emotional energy. I think Leicester are now desperate. I think they've realised that they have played their way into a situation that they now can't get out. So I think Leicester will be anchored to Southampton and be dragged down into the championship. It will be a very difficult proposition to catch Nottingham Forest at the moment because they do have that buffer, that margin between themselves and Everton and Leeds. Out of Everton and Leeds, though, I think Everton stays up. I think Sean Dyche is familiar with the situation. I think he understands um, what is required to get done. And I'm not saying Sam Allardyce doesn't, but when you've got the pick of those two and you've got one of them on more points than the other, I think you go with that person. Yes, How and you totally man. redeem yourself, Jacob. How, How good. Yeah, we're How, up. We're we staying all, up. We all win. Everton's start. We get six points next season. So happy good. Happy day. Everyone's happy. Oh, you should see the smile on his face, Jacob. Thanks, you Jacob. just made you, his day. Man, man City win the lead this weekend, don't they? Yeah, please. They do. They do. I, I'd like to say this. We, we as Liverpool fans, are realising that we've had a terrible season, an absolutely shocking one. And we'll just be happy if we knock out Manchester United, who I think is the only team that we can catch, to get into the Champions League and buy ourselves yeah. half a Jude Bellingham. You've just heard <laughs> Grant celebrate Jude. like he's won the league. Hey. Every, every year, if we avoid relegation, I'm happy as an yeah. Everton fan. Another disappointing year, making the Champions League for Liverpool. Another disappointing but year. Because of your football prowess, I, want, I need a quick answer here. Because we've got this uh, betting... Um, or picks, picks that you should run a mile from at the end of the show. And I w- was hoping that you could go through um, just 10 games for me. Yeah, you have to I'm going to do a 10-game multi here, Jacob. Yeah, we don't want exact scores. We just want to know win, lose, or draw. So we're going to okay. go through. And as a result, right. out of this, we'll find out if Arsenal uh, still have life in the league. Okay. Uh, somehow I don't think so because Man City are kind of good at football. So first one, Tottenham and Brentford. Who's... Scores, scoreline, or win Brentford. or draw. Brentford, Brentford win. win. Liverpool, Aston Villa. Heart Go with your head. Liverpool. Ooh. <laughs> Liverpool. That, that's a tough. That's a tough game. Liverpool. Liverpool. Uh, Wolves, Everton. Very tough. Draw. I think. Wolves, Everton. I think no. This is this, this is it. So this is the longer answer. I think Wolves have now tapped out. They're, they're On the beach. About the plane going to Las Vegas. They're thinking about Marbella. I reckon they're on the beach, and I think Everton either draw or they win, and that in large decides the relegation type. Okay, well, I'm going to need an answer. Okay, win lock, or draw? I need you to lock it, it in, Eddie. The, yeah, lock, lock it, it in. in. Win, win. Let's go win. Oh! Yes. Bournemouth, Man United. Ugh. You ready, da- you ready, Daniel? Yeah. They go to the, the southern coast, and they slip up, and that opens the door. Bournemouth, 1-0. Oh, love that. Oh, Bournemouth to win. Bournemouth to win. That is that is a fanciful Liverpool fan perspective, though. We, Grant, just, yeah. Okay. Lock it in. Fulham, Crystal Palace. Fulham, because I think Crystal Palace are done. They, they've stayed up, so they're, they're, they're also on the beach. Not Arsenal. I think, I think Arsenal are now reeling. I think they are going to succumb to the pressure of their own fans and the disappointment of letting Man City off the hook. <laughs> I think it's a draw. A draw? 
Draw. Congratulations, okay. Manchester City. You don't even need to do anything this weekend. I think you've just won the English Premier League. <laughs> uh, well done. Um, because Arsenal, I think, need to win, don't they? They need to win to keep it alive. West Ham leads. Draw. Draw. Brighton, Southampton. Southampton. That's Brighton. Oh, what? Nice. You've been day drinking. Slow <laughs> down, son. Man City, Chelsea. <laughs> Man City by a country mile. I think this could get really ugly. Newcastle, Leicester, the last one. And I'm going to multi this up and we're going to see what it looks oh, like. Hate, the odds are going to be incredible. <laughs> uh, Newcastle are flying that win against Brighton has given them wind in yeah. their sails. They are now trying to confirm their Champions League spot. They want to do it as soon as possible. And in doing so, if they win this weekend, they will pile the pressure onto Manchester United, who know that Liverpool are in their rearview mirror. I think Newcastle do it by some number as well. Jacob, thanks so much for joining us, mate. We've still got a couple of other topics. If we can just fire through these, uh, thanks for playing along, having a lot of fun at Grant's expense. But there's so much going on. The A-League last night, Geo, boy, oh, boy, didn't Melbourne City flex their muscles last night, sweeping aside Sydney FC uh, four goals to nil to qualify uh, for the grand final with a 5-1 aggregate win. Who joins them, though? The Mariners or Adelaide? Who do you, who do you sense will uh, win the right to lose to City in the grand final? The Mariners, because they have James McGarry, Zach Zorisic, Storm Rue, and our adopted Vanuatu brother, Brian Caltech. They, have, they got right amongst Adelaide. They made it so difficult for them at Cooper Stadium. And then you add to that the likes of Sam Silvera, Jason Cummings, and Benji Incololo, and you've got a very dynamic, fluid front four that will be able to score goals. So I think what will happen is Adelaide will score early, but then Central Coast will come crashing through the door and announce themselves as the final. And here is another prediction for you, lads. I think they win the competition because over 90 minutes, the alignment between the coaching staff and the players, they will have enough to surprise wow. and then keep their noses in front against Melbourne City. Oh, you've heard it here first. Big call. Um, speaking of uh, international footy, uh, the All-Whites have got some games on the horizon. How good? Uh, fantastic. And some very good opposition in some well-resourced footballing markets, which is great. So you can see the clear delineation between getting the All-Whites home, which has obviously been a priority um, with New Zealand football, and understand why with this current generation, which is going to be added to overnight as well, which we might touch on in a bit with the Under-20 World Cup kicking off. But we're also playing in large... Uh, so good, comp good opponents in large markets. So Sweden to kick things off, Qatar to finish that window, uh, a really strong European uh, nation and a team that competed at the World Cup, albeit that they hosted it. But that gives you a good reference point, and it's not necessarily these fixtures that are important, but it's going to be the location of those fixtures in the season. So they're at a point in time when people are starting to make assessments about players looking for bargains, and the All-Whites playing two games in Europe could put themselves in the shop window. Uh, Auckland City, uh, no surprise, a couple of days ago into the semi-finals of the OFC. Um, you expect them to roll on once more? This is not mine. This is a borrowed prediction. It's more of an observation, really. But Seamus Martin, the wonderful OFC commentator and contributor for Sky Sports Kiwi Football Fix, a man who likes to unbutton the shirt he has suggested that Auckland City um, are doing a wonderful job up there of representing New Zealand, um, being great uh, Pacific um, uh, neighbours, but they will just have too much for anyone else in the competition. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, hard to argue with that. Hey, we've run out of time, Jacob. There's a lot more we could discuss. There's so much going on, as you mentioned, the Under-20 World Cup. Grant Elliott, though, needs to just tell you something before you leave. Jacob, do you want to know? I've just multied all of that up for you, and you might want to get yeah. on it. So um, the odds are $64,361.76. So are we talking about Everton put... winning a trophy in the next decade, or are we talking about the... No, no, no. no, they're not, they're not, they don't take bet. stupid bets. That's they don't take stupid bets, Jacob, like that. Would they? So I've put $10 on it, and I'm uh, my potential return is $643,617.69 <laughs> if this does come through. The Southampton-Brighton one, uh, that was actually $12 Yeah, well, Southampton. So that obviously started blowing it out a little bit more than it needed to be. Um, but if that comes through, <laughs> I'll, treat, I'll treat you to a lunch somewhere. Lunch? Pay off his bleeping mortgage. Yeah, I've got, you could be a minority investor in my renovations that I've just received plans for, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, thanks so much. Always great fun to have you on the show. Thanks for playing along, mate. Go enjoy your sporting weekend. Thanks, Jacob. Cheers, boys. Have a good evening. That was great fun. Jacob Spoonley, uh, part of Sky Sport, of course, uh, former fine custodian for the Wellington Phoenix and the All-Whites, giving us uh, his tips, winding up Grant Elliott. You so thought you had another one from Everton's fan club. I do. But you do. There's another one, but he hasn't given me his name. Yeah. Uh, Richie is texting just to remind you, he's still in the club. He hasn't left. He hasn't handed in a transfer request. Uh, Fantastic. But but someone is texting saying he wants to be part of the group but hasn't mentioned his name. So please um, text back. Uh, Got to get to a break. Um, chili eating's not far away. Oh, Ooh. where are they? Bring on the Carolina Reaper. 25 minutes away from 12 o'clock. Brings back bad memories, that song. That was my first ever karaoke song. Really? At the age of 16 in Barbados. How did that go? They're like, you're up. Uh, it was terrible. I hate singing and dancing Do in you? public. Yeah. So you're, you're on the karaoke stage tonight. What are you singing? What's your karaoke song? An Elvis song. It'd have to be. Something Elvis. Suspicious Minds. No, maybe. Goes too long. Took a letter to the postman. That one? Postman? Is it called Postman? Took a letter to the postman. Send a ride back to me. He wrote upon it. Return to sender. Return to sender. Is that what it's called? You know, most sentient beings would call it. Whatever. Yeah. Lola by the Kinks. Thanks for asking. (laughs) Uh, We are New Zealand's foremost chili-eating reporters. We are. Well, you are. We cover the sport with the with the passion it deserves. We've got a megastar on the show today, Grant Elliott. He's, he's ready to go. On Sunday, the 1st of May, 2022, Greg Eingartz Barlow attempted the League, one, the League of Fire Carolina Reaper Challenge in Newcastle, New South Wales, Australia. He attempted on that day to break the world record of 122 Reapers, weighing in at 706 grams, which was set by Dustin Atomic Menace Johnson. I hope I got that correct. It was a world record that stood for about three years. Not only did he uh, go past 122, he finished eating 160. 160. I ate a third of a Carolina Reaper uh, on the show that time and couldn't finish the show. Uh, Iron Guts joins us now. He must have an iron mouth too. We're absolutely thrilled. It's an honour and a privilege to welcome in Greg Iron Guts Barlow onto the show. Greg, how you doing? Iron Guts. I'm I'm going absolutely fantastic today. I haven't eaten any chilies, so that's a good thing. <laughs> well, which wouldn't be a surprise because there is a rumour floating around. And please please tell us if this is true. You don't like hot food. 
No, not at all. My wife actually enjoys the spice a bit rather than I do. So this is just something that I found by accident and thought I'd run with it. Oh, that's incredible. I mean, you know, that's like someone who doesn't like swimming that goes and does like a water. few lengths. I don't like water. Yeah, don't oh. like water, but I'm going to go and do 80 lengths today. <laughs> exactly, and that's what makes this so much fun and such an interesting trip. Uh, just a freak of doing it, and that's why I don't train. Oh, you've got to eat some. Now I eat it at the chili contests and festivals, and then that's it. I have my spice three times a year, and... I've done my quota for eating chilies. <laughs> right, so he does rest and rotation, a bit like rugby players in New Zealand. It doesn't always eat his chilies. Next week, Greg's actually in New Zealand for Lord of the Stings, a contest of the world title chili eating belt match. Wow, that, that sounds complicated. We'll get to that in a moment. But I've got to ask, how on earth did you land in the sport if you don't like hot food, mate? Like, how? Well, I don't know if you know, but Melbourne got locked down for one of the craziest times ever in the whole world. Yes. So the first time that we were allowed out of lockdown, I had just moved to Melbourne. So I hadn't experienced anything yet. So we got on the train. My wife was eight and a half months pregnant at the time. And I found out about this chilli contest. And I thought it'd be a bit of fun. We'll go out for the day. We'll have some beers, have some burgers. We'll, um, yeah, give, give my heavily pregnant wife some chilli. Makes a whole lot of sense, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so all yeah. I want, I just didn't want to be the first person knocked out. And then when I won the first round, okay, well, when I'm in the finals, I just don't want to be the first person knocked out. And as it turned out, I ended up beating the Australian and New Zealand champion. Not only that, I ate 58 Carolina Reapers. And at the time, I didn't know anything about it. So I just thought that I'd beat someone else off the street. So wife and I packed up. It was only meant to be an hour or so. We stayed there until like about 9.30 at night and then had to get public transport home. Wife's never stood up for so long in all her life. She just wanted a seat. <laughs> <laughs> I had to take her out to gelato afterwards and as I'm trying to eat the gelato, I can feel it melting before it even gets to my mouth and then I couldn't <laughs> taste it because I just burnt out all senses in my mouth and nose and face and everything. <laughs> And it's just been so, a whirlwind ride. natural. It was like, like, <laughs> like iron guts and chili are like Bradman and scoring runs. They, they, they were just meant to be. But iron guts, <laughs> tell me the physical, the physical issues you go through when you're at the apex of this competition. I mean, are you delirious? So you still have your mind. You know, are you thinking clearly? It's a great question because I've seen the video of you going past the world record, and you look like calm, calm so unfazed. But you know. On the inside. And are, you, are you burning? On, and in the video, it might oh, be, is, is it your daughter behind you that's clapping? <laughs> well, she's not allowed near me because this stuff leaks out of your skin, out of your sweat, out of your nose, out oh, of your eyes. Geez. Everywhere just starts to leak lava. And so I can't go near my daughter <laughs> after a competition for about three days because then I'd start burning her. <laughs> Radioactive. Yeah, a really good poker face. So I don't want my opponent to know how much it is absolutely hurting. But I can tell you right now, the very first one hurts just as much as the 160th. And all things oh. just go numb and crazy. Um, I'm delirious before I even get into the competition. That's why I do these competitions. I'm a little bit crazy. So eating the chilies isn't going to affect it too much. 
But, yeah, it, it knocks out your vision. You start getting tunnel vision because all you want to do is wipe that lava off your face, but all you're doing is just spreading it all over your cheeks and everything. So you just have to fight the urge. It's like a fly when it lands on your face. You don't slap yourself in the face. You just go, oh, well, it'll go away sooner or later. <laughs> it probably hurt yeah. slapping yourself in the face and eating a chili. <laughs> So, uh, but Iron Guts, tell me, Iron I love, can I just say that I love you, Iron Guts? I really do. I've known you for about eight. I've known you for about ten minutes. Absolute legend. But so, let me get this right: you don't practice at all. You just enter the competition. You, you go touched, right. This is going to be touched, a spicy day. Touch by greatness, like Iron Guts has training. Yeah, I need to train. Well, it hurts. Why would I want to do this more than I have to? No. <laughs> Uh, and that's, that's why I feel really bad because part of the winnings is you get chilli sauces and you get all the um, oh, chilli people saying, oh, here, can you endorse my Will product? You, you have this? I don't and so like I just have a cupboard full of chilli sauces and I can't give it away anymore because the family and friends are sick of receiving chilli sauce for Christmas and birthdays and random weekends. I, I'm the chilli Santa of my street because people just wake up to random chilli bottles at their front door. No, he's come again. He must have won another competition. You've got to put over this, man. Great stocking fella. It's a great oh, stocking God. fella. I can't stop it. Hey, tell us why, Greg, tell us why you're over here next week. You're taking on what, Mike, the Molten Moose Jack. That's a pretty good name. What's this belt yeah. all about? So I'm the current Oceana belt holder. So um, won all the competitions in Australia and New, in, um, New Zealand. And after I won the first ever competition, I just jokingly said to my wife, let's see how far I can go with this. Let's see if I can become the world champion. And she rolled her eyes and like, whatever. And so here's my <laughs> shot. Here's my go at the world championship. And yeah, it's been an absolute amazing fun trip. Oh, the Chile community is so fantastic and so friendly and awesome and having people cheer you up on stage, like that's why I do it because I'm a bit of a show oh, pony. Awesome. I like it. <laughs> Good and, man. And what else I'm... what other sport can you become the world champion without training? If I wanted to be a <laughs> world champion bike rider, I'd have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning and go riding and like Yeah. You know, that's Sounds like too much effort on my behalf. I like just rocking up. It's a great question. Eat and leave. <laughs> leave quickly. God gifted so talent, Iron Guts. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you, the, you might be the only world champion who's never trained in his sport. Doesn't train yet. You never. You, you never trained. Hey, Iron Guts. Thanks so much uh, for joining us and telling us your story. What a classic one. Hey, good luck. You're up against the Kiwi, I assume. You know, we have to say this. We hope you lose. Yes. <laughs> well, for the world title, I'm, take, I'm going to be taking it off the Canadian. So, fingers crossed that <sighs> I can bring it home to Australia. And then next time, you Kiwis can just come over to Australia and get the world title belt off me there. It's nice and close rather than going all the way over to Canada. Yeah. I'm, I'm guts, I, I hope you win it because I want you to have more and more chilli products in that house and <laughs> shelves in your neighbourhood. I love the, the, the thought of that. You coming back with the belt and just distributing all your chili products to your mates. He can have a nice little centerpiece on his dining table, just out of chili bottles. Oh. You know, you're gonna have to get creative. Oh. Hey, thanks so much, Greg. Take it easy, my friend. Thanks so much for joining us. 
Thanks so much. You boys have a wonderful time. Come down and see me next Saturday. I, I, I look forward to that, and I'll get some free chilli out of you. Uh, Greg Eingart's Barlow, who is here <laughs> next week <laughs> for the Lord of the Stings to contest the, the World Title Chilli uh, eating belt match against Mike the Molten Moose Jack. Um, work his way to Canada to take um, the World Title. Thank you very much for the fine messages coming through. Like this, Iron Guts is the funniest bugger. Great interview. <laughs> he was hilarious, wasn't he? Yeah. That is a big claim. The only world champion who doesn't train for a sport. You're probably going to roll your eye and say, well, it's not a sport. Oh, mate, do you, know, do you understand the definition of sport? No, it's a sport, you a sweat. A game, competition or activity needing physical effort or skill. You're telling me physical effort is not in that. Physical effort is absolutely in that sport. Okay, what about the next definition? All types of physical activity that people do to keep healthy that's or mul- for enjoyment. Yeah, he hates it. Oh, that, he hates it. That's why there are multiple definitions because words have multiple meanings at times. Grant, I'm saying I can't sport. believe I can't I, believe this. As New Zealand's, you know, leading chili eating commentator that you are, that you would besmirch the sport like that. I, I'm. I'm startled, Ben Francis. I think we need to take a break. <laughs> I never said that. You definitely did. I never did. Maybe your facial expression. <laughs> I sort of looked at it or as sport. I, or I may have just thrown you completely under the bus. You have. We'll never know. You've massively thrown me under the bus. <laughs> we'll never know. It's 13 away from 12. Well, we know sport is an activity involving some sort of mental or physical exertion, right? Yeah. So you're telling me eating 106... Are we on? 166 chilies. It's not. I, know, never me- mental, mental. I never said that. I never said that. Believe. I'm just on the fence. Ben Francis suddenly threw in Straight over from. the microphone. Is darts a sport? And I didn't really hear him initially. Well, it was a loaded. Um, it was a loaded gun. And I'm put that about in, it. To next year temple and pull the trigger, wasn't he? Like, but it, the darts band that he is. Anyway, we'll get back to it because we're back on air. It's eight minutes away from twelve o'clock. Heated debate. We should film our ad breaks. Why they're, do you always heated. argue with me off air and then you get on air and then you you tone it down a little bit? Well, that's that's you mentally disintegrate that, me before we get calls. on. That's maybe we should live stream the whole show. And people can judge. We should. Uh, Mikey, hey guys, received my rum and Q prize pack this week. Fantastic product. Thank you. Loving the show. I'm glad you've been able to enjoy um, the product, Mikey. Have you used your soft cock, Mikey? It's excellent. Soft cock rub. Excellent rub. Beautiful. Excellent rub. Uh, someone writes, uh, that was awesome. Long live Iron Guts. Long live I have, Iron Guts. I have, a, I have a sneaking suspicion he won't get a, he won't get a letter from the king <laughs> if he continues to eat chilies at those rates, if you know what I mean. Um, Grant, I'm a long-time long, long Toffee supporter. I am a little bit nervous about building this big new stadium for a championship team. That's Craig. Notice Craig didn't ask to be part of your supporters yeah, club. Yeah, well, I was going to say, Craig, if you do want to be part of the supporters club, then text uh, text back because I do need confirmation because there is privacy law and I don't want to randomly phone you during the week and make it awkward like it was yeah. with Tim. Yeah. So if you're new to the show, Grant Elliott desperately texts people so they join his group. We're a group of four now. Group of four and growing. Heath writes, come on, Forrest. We're going to survive. Leeds going to bottle it. Lister are done. Cheers. Thank you very much, Heath. 
thank you for playing a part. Uh, one of our questions earlier in the day, based on your way for putting out a tweet saying uh, Inter Milan are going to take on Real Madrid in the Champions League final, two hours before the semi-final was played. Quite funny. Real Madrid got hammered. They went early. We want to know when sporting fans have gone early. Uh, someone writes here, uh, Hi guys, I go early every year. Always bet on the Naki to win the NPC early. Every year. I just can't. I, I can't back against them. Good Up on. the Naki. The Naki supporters are always, you know, they, they're really loyal, aren't Naki, they? You might even say Taranaki hard. Taranaki? Yeah. Taranaki hard. Uh, Jason writes, in the 1992 AFL Grand Final, West Coast were behind by 12 at half time, and I was concerned that they would lose, but my father said, you've got them. Well, Dad's showing off there. Excellent stuff. Um, someone's written the joke and sent it twice. Grant, tell me if this joke is uh, worthy of sending through to a radio station twice. Mm. My father once pulled out to avoid a child. Yeah, I don't... Um, not sure if that's worthy sending it twice. <laughs> you want my... Uh, Brett, I mean, uh, Brett, Brett, Brett writes... My beloved Waikato announced his final tickets are available and then went on to lose to counties in the final minute. <laughs> I remember that vaguely. That is fantastic. Uh, keep your messages coming in. Remember, what's rubbed you the wrong way? Uh, people going to the draw to win a prize pack. You've heard Rumakil. We just want to know what's rubbed you the wrong way this week. I was a little bit sad. Novak, um, Novak Djokovic is going to be the only... Last of the big three standing. I'm sad that I've only year. got four Everton fans yeah. in my fan club. Uh, Mark from Pukekohe has written in. I'll read his uh, what's rubbed him uh, the wrong way a little bit later. But go on. Double eight, double three, everyone who plays a part into the draw to win that wonderful kit from our glorious friends at Rum and Q. Coming up after the break, the latest in sports headlines. We'll catch up with Clado at some stage and we'll talk some cricket. Yeah, I think snooker's a sport. Absolutely, it's a sport. I think it's a sport. But Why like are you throwing eating. me under the bus? Chili eating requires physical exertion. It's a sport. I've gone into AI now. I'm fully gone into AI to Alan, ask a question. Alan Iverson. <coughs> no. Artificial intelligence. Oh, right. Bard, he's called. Because we don't have collective intelligence as a group. Arguments against chili eating being a sport. It does not involve any physical activity other than eating. Chili eating is not a physically demanding activity. Why are you leaving out all the arguments for? Well, I'm just... And framing your argument negatively. Well, I'm just saying that Bard has an argument against chili, but there's three points for and two against, so I'd say that goes for, so it's a sport. Apparently, one of the reasons for chili eating not being a sport, it's dangerous. dangerous. Oh, come on! So all sports that are dangerous are no longer sports now, according to AI. I don't like the future. We can't let Skynet win. We've got to stop it now. Good news for Ben Francis, though. When I asked Bard if darts was a sport, there was no uh, argument against. So Yes, exactly, because it's a sport. <laughs> Absolutely. So is chili eating. Thank Great you. sport for people of all ages and abilities. If you're wondering what we're talking about, if you just tuned in, it's uh, two minutes after 12 o'clock, uh, check out our social media, Iron Guts, the legend. <laughs> the legend. Uh one of the foremost world record holder chili eating champion, Greg Eingatz Barlow, is on the show. Heck of a story. Uh, right now, let's update some live sport. Let's give you the latest in sports headlines. Should we go to the PGA, Grant? We'll go back to the PGA from Oak Hill.
We're going to go and have a look and see where Rory McIlroy is <laughs> Let it go, on the mate. table. Let it go. When am I going to do my rubbing cue? What's rubbed me the wrong way? <laughs> this hour. Uh, Victor Hovland and Corey Connor still lead. And so too does Scotty Scheffler. They're all at minus five. They're all finished today. Hovland shot a 67, so three under for the round. Connor's two under. Scheffler two on. So we've got a three-way tie at the top of the leaderboard. Five yeah, six, under the card. 68 for Scotty Scheffler. Round two. He's looking tied first position. Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland, birdie the 18th hole to move to 500 to join the Canadian-American on top. Bryson DeChambeau uh, is at minus three. So is Justin Shu. They are tied for fourth. Let's scroll down. Let's keep scrolling. We keep scrolling. There's Rory McIlroy tied for 10th. Uh, even for the tournament, one under for the day, shooting 69. And we do know Ryan Fox finished with a 73. A three over. Uh, still has him inside the top 20. Yeah, he's after. in sights. So he's playing weekend golf in a major championship. He is tied for 19th after rounds of 68 and 73. There's the very latest from the PGA Championship. Does his dad still carry his bags? I thought his dad was his caddy. He's done it from time to time, but no. They let a professional do that. Uh, the Blues and the All Blacks have suffered an injury scare with Bowden Barrett limping off the field during last night's 45-26 winner over the Reds in Brisbane in the Purple Bowl. Uh, Barrett left the game shortly into the second half and was seen uh, with a heavily strapped ankle on the sidelines. And although he is scheduled for his All Blacks rest next week, the Blues will be hoping he isn't out for longer. Meantime, uh, the Crusaders too much for Moana Pacifica winning 41 points to 7. And the All-Whites will play Qatar in Austria in June, three days after facing Sweden in Stockholm. Darren Baisley will remain interim coach for the pair of matches as he was in March, uh, while the search for a permanent boss for the uh, national men's football side remains ongoing. There you have it, Grant Elliott, the very latest in sports headlines. Let's get to some of the messages. What's rubbed you the wrong way? Remember everyone at Texan. Gets in the draw to win the wonderful prize pack, thanks to the glorious team at Roman Q. Uh, here's Mark from Pukekohe, writes, What rubs me the wrong way? Well, not too much. The Hurricanes resting their All Blacks to save them from a wiping. Whipping. I think he means whipping. Whipping? Whipping. Whipping. Yeah. Should have read the H. Not really. Brad heading to France, going out in a high and leaving the Chiefs in a better place. Not really. Daniel and Grant rub me the wrong way. <laughs> And serve me some of that famous rubbing cube products. Rub me the right way. Oh! Yeah, Grant, Daniel oh. Grant, rub me the right way. Oh! Serve me. I can't Some read. of that famous rubbing cube products. Well, Mark, I was expecting a, a bit of a dig. That's kind of how we roll on this. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, you see how you read it. You yeah. read it in a... I read that in a negative abusive way. way. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was expecting abuse. Mark, I, I sincerely think, thank you. That's, that's really nice of you. Uh, Peter writes from New Plymouth, what's rubbed me the wrong way is hearing Adam Gilchrist's ad for buying Aussie Made all the time. I, I, I have no idea what you're talking about, Peter, but you're in the draw. Fear not. Uh, someone writes, tipping Brentford to beat Spurs rubbed me the wrong way um, and took Spurs in the rest of this multi. 27. <laughs> so, so, man, so he's obviously a Spurs fan, Clayton is. Thank you, Clayton. You're on the draw too. The problem with that is, Clayton... Is if Brentford do get up and beat the Spurs, oh, yeah. you'll be absolutely gutted about that bet. You've got to go both ways, don't you? Tell it, if that actually happens, that uh, Clayton, and, and Clayton will appreciate this term, that would be the most Spursy thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> if, if they've cost Clayton half a million bucks. Oh. Uh, well, we had Jacob Spoonley on the program last hour, 
who dished up quite a tasty multi. He didn't really dish it up. We forced him. We forced it on him. We gave him the draw for this weekend's uh, matches in the English Premier League. He uh, had to predict all of them, and Grant Elliott's uh, going to use them on sporting tips. You should probably run a mile from later this later this hour. And basically, Daniel McCarty is... I've put him in. I've put $10 on it, and you'll find out how much it's worth, but Daniel McCarty is set to, to win half of that. Should we get to our workhorse of the week? I'd like to nominate Grant Elliott for putting me in on this bet, and I can win half half of that. Thank you, mate. Oh, I'm the workhorse no, of the week. No, you come in second. Oh. You come in second. <laughs> in second. My workhorse of the week, and I've paid them way too many compliments over the last few weeks, but it's hard to ignore what I saw in the Champions League semi-final, uh, Real Madrid, against Real Madrid. Manchester City were just quite simply extraordinary, running, running out 4-0 winners against, you know, the eternal team of Real Madrid. It, it was unfair. It was unfair. 15 minutes into the game, Real Madrid had completed 14 passes. They literally could not get a kick at the ball in the first 15 to 20 minutes. It was two goals uh, to nil at the half, but it, it could have been five or six. Thibaut Courtois was absolutely outstanding for them, making some huge saves. So uh, Man City, uh, they are my workhorse of the week. Quite simply superb. Uh, hard to ignore just uh, on that occasion size of that occasion to deliver a performance like that uh, quite scintillating who you got Grant um, I've got Reeves from uh, I've been watching the basketball so Austin Reeves I, I just I watched him play and he's one of those people and you hear me talk about it with the uh, my what rubbed me the wrong way this week but the energy that he put in so he he put in 22 points for the Lakers they lost 103 to 108 Um and they're two down in the series now. But just the effort that he put in. Like you could see this guy was giving 100%. I don't think he's the most physically um, you know, demanding player or prominent player on the court. And ability-wise, but his work rate is unbelievable. And I just loved watching. That's what I want to see from athletes. I want to see effort and 100%. Well, it's the only thing you can demand of as a fan, in my humble opinion. You know, it, people don't deliberately drop catches or drop passes or pass it to the opposition uh, and, and I find it hard for me to get on them when they, when they do that but when they are not showing effort notice with that infuriates me and I think fans are entitled to you know to get on them so so you love the effort he showed you, you're not honoring maybe the best quote-unquote best performance of the weekend it's just someone who he's, you've admired for how he goes about his work yeah he's six foot five He's 89 kgs. He's not like, you know, you look at the how physically dominant some of the players are in this court, but he makes up for it with the attitude that he brings. Brilliant stuff. Uh, your workhorse of the week, welcome. If you want to make a nomination, uh, feel free. But uh, Austin, Austin Reeves, was he the guy who was like shouting to himself, I'm him, a few weeks ago, Ben Francis? He made a bucket and was, you know, turned around and I think was shouting to himself, I am him, I am him, which was quite a, kind of one of the weirdest self-celebrations I'd seen in sport in a long time. I think, I, I think I've got the right guy. Uh, while Grant figures that out, it's time to head to our first race of the day. Remember, the good oil's with you after one o'clock, uh, punting the afternoon away, but we head to Tirapa, race number one. They're almost ready to jump. Provisional placings as we read it at Tirapa, two... 10 and 9, Senor Uno, RJ's flight, and she's outrageous. 
provisional placings at Tedapa. It is 30 minutes after 12. Back after this, Joey Jovic joins us. Not only to talk about cricket, but uh, a wonderful initiative uh, he and his uh, crew up north. Um, Northland are doing right now to, to really help uh, people get involved in sport. Joey Jovic joins us after this break. And we've got the John Cena lookalike. On the show now, Joey Jovic joins us. A man, many cricket fans around New Zealand will remember, over 100 first-class games, over 4,000 first-class runs, over 200 first-class wickets, Grant Elliott. How and many it, times did he get you? Oh, I don't know. It's not on there, but I'm sure many, many a time. He bowled a heavy rock. A heavy Very rock. heavy rock. Not the, not, not the only thing he bowled. No. Uh, yeah, there was a fruity incident once, and uh, we'll bring in Joey at the moment to discuss this fruity moment, amongst other things that he's doing. Yeah, including some awesome work he's doing up in Northland with uh, ReSport, the Charitable Trust, who have quite a mission statement. Uh, they want to enable Northland communities to be more active, allowing them to participate and play recreation and sport while caring for our environment at the same time. Joey Jovich joins the show. John Cena, how are you, mate? Welcome, Joey. McCarty, it's been a while between visits to the Basin Reserve and Grunter. It's always good to catch up with you. I've just come out of a, a wrestling session, guys, so I'm a little bit flat on it, but I'll give it a good try. <laughs> is been it, wrestling? Is wrestling a sport, Joey? Well, it is now since I've sort of been, uh, by one of your cohorts, been told I'm John Cena. I'm getting a little bit of, bit of traction around that, so I thought, well, well, let's give it a crack. Hey, it is a sport, to be fair, so it only keeps you fit. So I am a mad Croatian, so there is a bit of fight in me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, an angry Croatian. Angry. Yeah. yeah. You probably saw a bit of that uh, grunter at times, especially when you probably <laughs> whacked me through the covers, mate. So, yeah. no, uh, Great to be on the show. And thanks, for, thanks for having us in the Nick. support, guys. More like nicking off to third slip. Big booming cover oh, drives. No. Yeah, couldn't couldn't help uh, having a go to half volley outside off. Uh, no, it's been a while, though, grunter now. So it's uh, good to see you guys doing what you're doing as well and, and promoting the game. Now, now, Jay, before we start on all the good stuff you did, there were some fruity adventures that you had um, uh, in your career. Uh, Donaldson and Walker walked out to the centre after lunch in a very important Plunkett Shield game, um, and the umpires uh, accompanied them, um, along with the rest of the Northern District's cricketers. But what followed left the sparse crowd at the Basin Reserve pretty shocked because they are big cricket fans. So knowledgeable crowd at the place. Joey will acknowledge that. Knowledgeable. Yeah. Now, Wisden Cricket, they reported that Jovic bowled the first ball after the break with a red apple, an event that was recorded on the <laughs> official score sheet. In an interview with Northern Districts Cricket, Hart fondly remembered that Jovic took off a boot, gave it to Billy Bowden to hold, and bowled an apple. So well, what happened there? <laughs> oh, look, yeah. Look, guys, I, I've firstly got to apologise to all the dignitaries and at the R.A. Barnes stand that I probably... <laughs> <laughs> McCarty, I don't know whether you were commentary, but I think probably Waddle was floating around at that time and was a bit amused. But, um, yeah, it's been a long summer, guys. I think, Grunt, I don't know whether you were playing in that match, but it had been a long summer and, and very hot. So, um, yeah, it had taken its toll. I bought a lot of overs, and I was probably just a little bit disillusioned. But I've got to put the blame back to two gentlemen, and they were... They were gnarly sort of Northern Districts um, and former Black Caps, and that's uh, Robbie Hart and, uh, oh, yes. and uh, Grant Bradford, who's now taken on the role with head coach of Pakistan. But um, I put my blame there. I was fairly well influenced as a young fella, and um, yeah, it was fun times. Right, look, we, we, we had a lot of fun back then, and um, those are the things that we did on the field. And uh, I've got to say, look, I've 
I've, I've never officially uh, apologised to Matthew Pye's work. He's been, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, we've done a few things that day uh, leading up leading up to that. To be fair, I, I remember just quietly. Uh, my memory uh, recalls me well. I uh, we, we put a Moro uh, wrapper around the crease and. And uh, then, a, then, a, then a muffin, I think, was fighting there at one stage. So we went to the third level Brilliant. and I proceeded to yeah, run in and bowl an apple after lunch, I think. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, and good on you, you know, uh, the dignitaries of the Basin Reserve and, you know, been <laughs> aghast, disgusted for a generation that you even owned up to this, Joey. Finally. Like, so, <laughs> finally. <laughs> finally. Some people can I'm rest done, in done. peace now. <laughs> as they're still rolling in their graves that this, this took place. But, but all you were doing was repurposing something for um, the benefit of others. You see what I did there, Joey Jovic? As I'd like to get to re-sport. Um, what, what you're doing up um, in the Northland community, you know, I read the mission statement. That is quite a big goal that you're out to achieve. So how, how are you actually attacking it? Yeah, it's, um, it's been quite humbling with the response that we've got. But a mate of mine um, who's, who's a former South African like Grunter as well, and uh, he moved over here with basically a backpack and... Um, we've got a lot of synergy between ourselves of trying to find ways to give back to our community. And I guess if I look at myself, I, I go back. Social harmony was pretty special when we were coming through uh, clubs and communities. And, you know, you think of uh, people out there that support you in different ways. And if you needed gear or you needed to get somewhere, someone just stood up and made it happen. I think some of that in today's world gets lost a little bit. So um, we've always got to remember, you know, you go along to a cricket match, for instance, Grunner, now, and, you know, when we were young, we went along and, we had a team bag. Well, now everyone turns up, you know, with their own gear. But you think of those that potentially don't have gear for whatever reason. So um, it's all about, you know, keeping people involved in sport, giving them that opportunity. You know, driving equitable outcomes across, you know, social, economic, and health and well-being, which is massive today. And, and breaking down any barriers around participation uh, for individuals and whānau and community. But I guess for us, we've all been there. You know, providing that sporting chance for all and, and providing that love. You know, so. It doesn't have to be structured sport. It, it, um, it can be unstructured. You know, we've had uh, a couple of parents reach out to us around their young kids that having have anxiety problems. So they get their fix by playing sport at home. And it was pretty special yesterday. We had a phone call that came in from a gentleman that's doing it pretty tough with their family and the cost of having um, football boots. His daughter's just fallen in love with the game of football and they can't afford to, unfortunately, have football boots, shin pads, and football. So through Resport and what we have collected, and I've been blown away in the last three weeks from the amount of gear that's in there and the amount of new gear that's in there too as well, lads, and we've been able to distribute that back out. And awesome. we went out to that gentleman and he was he broke down in tears, to be fair. So if we can play, play a part, um, you know, that's pretty special to us as well. That's uh, awesome. Jo Joey, tell me, where do you see this going in the next sort of five to ten years? Because, I mean, you're saying that there's new kit that's being thrown in the, the repurpose bins as well. And like, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm fully behind this because I want to see more sports in the community. I want to see all kids. I want to see it compulsory to play sport because I think it can be so good for the health and well-being of not only children, but for generations to come. And so where do you see it, it going in the next 10 years? Oh, look, if we have these um, outlets sit around, over the country, and look, I've got to respect. There are some really good organisations that are, that have done this uh, in, 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 in difficult times as well. And you know, there we've seen shoe pulls and whatnot. But let's just find a way around giving back. You know, and we can all play a mm. part. Community so big across the whole region, right? We've done it tough for the last few years, but you know, you're quite right, Grano. You know, sport plays a big part, not just 
you know, being physically fit, but the connection back with people, you know, through t- tough mm. times. If we can uh, change a culture at a young age and change our culture now to, to trying to give way by producing the gear that allows them to do what they want to do, whether it's recreation, sport or play, it doesn't matter, right? So they're out there, you know, getting their fix and having some fun and, and just enjoying what the great things that sport brings back to you, you know? So you actually have bins, like clothing bins, and, and people just drop, yeah, the, so drop the sporting yeah, equipment in. Yeah. Yeah, Dan. So we, we, we and we're not we're not calling them bins anymore because you know it has a connotation, but uh, around that as yeah. well. So it's a store containers. We've, we've, we've called them partakai. So that's a, a term that's used about it's a, it's an opportunity to provide your gifts. They look after them and then they redistribute them out and give the share the love. So we've um, partnered up with the Salvation Army. Um, they're a fantastic organisation, as we know, and uh, they've been kind enough to gift us their Salvation Army. Um, Containers. Um, we've also been able to get uh, the plastic um, wheelie containers as well. So we're going to look to locate those within schools, within the community, within organisations. And what we're finding is we're locating them inside buildings. Uh, they might be in your new world. They might be in your four squares as well. Yeah. But the more of those that we can get out, the better, you know. And then, and then there's also we've got the option around if you can't get stuff to the bins or sorry, the containers, um, we can pick them up and, and likewise, we can also distribute them back out to those that are in need or those that require gear. When you get feedback from your community out there, what do they need more of? What are they missing oh, the most? Yeah, I, I think it's, um, I, we've noticed a lot of shoes. Uh, kids grow up real quick and they last for about, you know, a short space of time, but the cost of them is, yeah. is not cheap. So, um, but... Look, it's quite amazing to watch what's come in, and it's a mix of all sports, you know. We even received red band boots the other day, uh, um, um, gum boots, and we had a little note in it that said, don't forget about the coaches. Quite rightly so, you know. We've had a pretty wet time Mm. of it up here as well. So we're getting all sorts, and um, when you say, what do we need? We know that sport now, in today's age, it's it's a supermarket, I call. There's so many options to play sport and, and participate. So if we can get a mix of all sorts, Let's um, let's continue to do so, and let's continue to get people playing all sorts of sports. We know, and when you're young, it's all about uh, we keep away from that specialisation. Let's have kids play all sorts of sports, and then they'll make the choice if mm. they choose to uh, to go on to do whatever they want. So yeah, I don't care what it is. It's um, if, if if it's out there, get it in. Yeah, it's going to be amazing in in you know decades time, Joey. When you look back at this, and there'll be someone that uh, you know talks about, well, if I hadn't received my football boots from you know re-sports. Mm. I wouldn't be playing the sport. Like you think of how many children miss out on a sport that potentially they could be amazing at um, because they don't have have the gear or you know the parents can't afford it. So it, it'll be fascinating to see you know the the fruits of your labour. You won't see that immediately now, but you're hearing some great stories. But you know I'm I'm hoping that this can go nationwide. Is nationwide one of the goals? Yeah, look. Um We've already been contacted by various groups, whether it be down in the South Island, whether it be Central North Island, to, to ask us whether we could land something similar. So what we're trying to do first and foremost is it's by Northlanders, for Northlanders, let's get the template going yeah. here. And there's no, competition, there's no competition here, right? So we just share the concept and let's do it and let's just rally around, you know. That's what New Zealanders are about. Um, and, you know, it's been really cool to have the amount of organisations and, and volunteers coming back into the game that's there say to us, and we know there's an issue around that within our sector, um, so, you know, they're coming on board, they how can we help? So, you know, it's got a whole lot of fruits in different ways, 
Um, last night we um, had an organisation up here called the Charitable Tricks. Now, they're a pretty special group. They are actually a charity that raises proceeds and, and does a, do events to to promote you know charities like ours. And, and we went up and had a quiz night, and we raised over five k in a couple of hours. So that that monetary stuff that can come in could potentially mm. be if we find out that someone's struggling for subs, someone's struggling mm. for whatever it may be to, to play sport or, or get involved with sport play and recreation that we can say, here you go, off you go, do your thing. So I think it's got a whole lot of arms um, um We've got the view around potentially being able to take um, groups of kids or individuals that don't get the opportunity to go to an All Blacks test, to go to a Black Caps or a Netball mm. International, can we pick them up and take them along? So there's a few things that we're thinking about visionary well as well. Joey, keep up the great work, mate. Um, this is awesome. Uh, people can go to resport.co.nz. There are um, multiple ways to contribute. I think there is an online donation. Uh, maybe Grant can mail one of his playing jerseys and you can get that to an under six um, um, child up there because, you know, Grant is that small. You know that, uh, Joe. I used to tower over him back in the day. <laughs> that would be nice. Can't compare to John Cena. Not with my frame. But yeah, you could give it to some 12-year-old kid or 10-year-old kid. It'll probably fit them nice and snug. <laughs> but it'll be nice and snug, won't it? I was thinking more under eights, but okay. You're probably right. Keep up the awesome work, Joey. Awesome to hear your voice, mate. I hope you're doing well, and we'll catch up down the line. We do hope. Great stuff, Joey. Hey, guys. Thanks for Look forward to catching up at some stage. Thank you. Our pleasure. Joey Jovic joining us there, talking about resport. That is uh, resport, resport.co.nz. Um, awesome um, work in the community. Titai Tokoro up in Northlands, just repurposing old sporting gear. And, and how powerful to hear that story of, you know, what, what just one simple pair of football boots yeah. can mean to a person. Well, I always think, you know, like That's awesome. someone like Tiger Woods, let's say if he didn't have golf clubs, would he have been good at another sport? Or the fact that, you know, he was just destined to be a golfer, you know? and He wouldn't have had that car accident, I know that for sure. No. But, you know, like, I'm sure that there's people out there that are destined to be, you know, good at a certain sport. And whether it's a cricket bat lying around or a golf club at home or soccer boots or a basketball hoop. Or a chili. Yeah, or a chili. You know, whether you want to pop that in your mouth because it is a sport. Chili eating is a sport. You, you were destined for greatness, weren't you? you? You would have found a path to stardom somehow. I'm thinking about my rugby days. <laughs> oh, if I, if I hear another Grant, <laughs> Grant Elliott rugby story. I got hard it's done pers- by rugby. Yeah, oh. you should have been Percy Montgomery. I should still be playing. You seen Percy? Playing. You seen Percy recently? <laughs> Percy Montgomery is in, is clocked life. Swa- Mon- <laughs> I think you swallowed a bee. What? I've, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He has <laughs> swallowed a little bit. Puff of fish. He's gone. 27 minutes away from 1 o'clock. I'll just repeat that website, uh, Resport. So uh, whether or not you're in Northland, you can contribute. That's it's a really, really cool initiative. And thanks to Joe for, for dropping by and sharing uh, their story. <laughs> story of bowling an apple. <laughs> you can imagine back in those days how aghast some of the hoity-toities in the long run. What is he doing? Disgracing our game. Should have, should have been a pitch. Should have been banned for life. <laughs> thanks, Joey. Uh, we'll take a break. It's 27 minutes away from 1 o'clock. Uh, what's rubbed Grant the wrong way? Uh, we'll find out. Uh, oh, what we'll, hasn't? We'll find out from Clado what they've got planned for us after one after this break. 22 minutes away from 1 o'clock. Earlier in the show, we played Fact or Fiction, uh, whether or not uh, you know uh, rest is good. 
I went for science, players. and as yeah, a yeah, professional yeah. athlete, ex-professional athlete. Based on uh, Mark Robinson, uh, CEO of New Zealand Rugby, uh, joining, uh, it was Sumo in the chair for Smithy, uh, talking about the arrest protocols. Uh, you were Mr. Science, layered and intellect. Professional, professional athlete outlook. angle. Yeah. I just went for Longevity. the emotion. I just went for the emotional fan perspective of, come on, just play your best players all the time. We put it to the vote. Votes have come back, mate. It's almost 50-50. We can't really split it, so we're not going to give a winner this week. It's a push for next. Oh. There needs to be a clear winner. You're sitting on the fence. Well, no, there were lots of messages like Daniel all the way. Daniel's really good from Jamie or G'day, guys. 100% Daniel. Also, Daniel, I've been loving your picks on Run a Mile. Uh, my TAB account is very happy with you. And our Canes don't have a hope in hell tonight from Gary. Yeah, there were lots like that, Grant. There well, those are all Daniels. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Clado. Claydo joins us. The good oil is on after one o'clock. Claydo. Good morning, afternoon, gentlemen. How's it going, Claydo? Oh, you positive? positive? Are you pumped for uh, today? After listening to you two guys all morning, how can you not be pumped for a Saturday afternoon? Be oh. honest. How much of the show have you listened to? Be honest. Oh, the intro was pretty good. <laughs> oh, we've been arguing a lot, Claydo. We've been arguing a lot today. Yeah, Daniel's a lot of great, in one of those moods. Great feedback. You've got a great listening core. I hope they stick around and listen to the good oil because we'll just descend further into the mire. <laughs> At least you're honest. Not that you guys are in the mire or anything. <laughs> oh, no, we're deep. We're, we're deep. We're up to our waist in the mire. And by about 2 o'clock, you'll be up to your shoulders in it. Well, um, Who's joining you on this uh, you know, quest, this race to the bottom? <laughs> the quest for fame, the Jason, the money for the Pundas Club. Um, we missed last week. We'd been going pretty good till then. We've got Louis Herman Watt down there in Christchurch, Red and Black Territory, where he belongs. And up here we have the genius Group 1 winning trainer and punter Steve McKee. So, boy, first couple of races down at Tarapa and Awapuni. <laughs> it looks like hard work out there. I think it would probably take me a day and a half to get one around the track and the conditions that they are at the moment. <laughs> There was a big field for that for their first one we just uh, covered. It was a whole heap of them. At Tarapa, you know, yeah. Blah, blah. Yeah, there was a whole heap of them. And Grant, Grant was losing number eight yeah. every, every few seconds. The horsey, of course, backed but didn't put any money on. Yeah, oh. I always go for number eight, Clado. Uh, but oh. luckily I didn't lose any money on it. Yeah. And, and you should stay tuned for our bets you should run a mile from because we could make a couple of hundred thousand dollar winners. We, we could. Weekend. Okay. I, I, I can see on the I can see on the TV. It looks like the weather in Tarapa is not the greatest. As the fans are now scurrying high up the grandstand, never a good sign. As far as the feature racing today, what is it, Clado? We'll get you out on this. Was um, the feature racing? Well, we don't have a feat. Well, we had Rangatiki Gold Cup uh, down there at Awapuni. I think it's about the ninety eighth running. We just saw Jonathan Parks ride his one thousandth winner in his career. So that's a pretty special moment. If you wanted a couple late in the day to back boys, Tarapa race seven. Mark Kushler, Sam Spratt, around $4.80 mark, and a nice little multi into the last with uh, Steve McKee's best of the day, Testify Me, also written by Sam Spratt. Brilliant stuff. Well, have a, a great show, Clado. I do appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Good seeing you. Thanks, you Clado. The Good Oil coming up in 18 minutes' time. It's 18 minutes away from 1 o'clock. Grant Taylor, what's been rubbing you the wrong oh, way this I've week? I've spoken about the Rory McIlroy thing. I was, just, I was watching the Sky News on my fire stick. and um, It's not a euphemism, is it? No, no, no. And all I saw was Rory McIlroy highlights of him. On repeat. 
a birdie and then missing a bogey putt, like a you know three footer. And I was like, Ryan Fox is leading at the moment. You weren't watching Rory McIlroy TV on no, YouTube. No, it wasn't so. Rory McIlroy TV. Um, so what I thought about was, what about those athletes? We always look at the you know the star of the show. And I, I suddenly I watched the Lakers, and suddenly Lakers lost, and there was a you know cameraman right up in LeBron's grill, and it just showed LeBron. And I was like, well, hang on, Austin Reeves played an awesome game, um, even though they lost. So we always we stick to the stars. And I I read this piece today, and it said it was from Gary's coaching thought of the week. I don't know who Gary is yet, but I will find out. And it said talent sets the floor. Character sets the ceiling, and that's from Bill Belichick, New England Patriots head coach and five-time Super Bowl champion. That's what he says. Talent sets the floor, but character sets the ceiling. Most sports teams usually have a variety of characters, abilities, skills, talents, and personalities. They all come together to find a single purpose, and when they collectively find that purpose, it's a beautiful thing to watch. For the team to find the single purpose, coaches usually require certain individuals to be the glue that binds the team. These are the players that give 100% effort for the team and are not self-absorbed in their own success. They're normally not the most talented and not necessarily the team's highest achievers, but they're the most resilient and determined and always seem to make an important contribution to the success of the team when needed most. These players bring a special galvanizing quality to the team. Without them, teams seem to lack a one-direction approach and one often sees a bunch of talented players never reaching their full potential. Bill Belichick's quote talks directly into these individuals who teams just cannot do without. Whilst often their performances will be scrutinized and debated by those outside the team environment, these individuals are usually the first name on the team sheet for those coaches who value character over talent. As coaches, we must attempt to balance our teams out and recruit players who are often found in lower teams who show incredible resilience, determination, and give 100% effort for the bigger cause. When you have these kind of individuals as part of the makeup of your team, experience tells me you will not regret it. They will always come through for you. Your interesting thoughts. So in your highlights package tomorrow, you want to see everyone, especially the glue character golfer. Well, the guy that's like battling along, but I mean, in that situation... Ryan Fox, he wasn't a name, so yes. they just didn't follow him. Yeah. But he was so at give the top respect of the leader. where it is due, and it's not always the star. It's like, who cares if it's not the star? Like, everyone has their day. And I think that that's maybe the issue with um, parents and kids when they look at sports. They think that they have to be the star. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I used to have the exact same thoughts when I used to watch ESPN and they'd cover golf. Mm. It was Tiger. Yeah. Tiger, 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 Tiger. Oh, and here's the rest of the tournament. And Tiger came 10th. <laughs> and you're like, all I've watched is Tiger. What about well, the ratings, won it? Ratings. It's yeah. ratings, right? You give the people what they want. Yeah. But I've, I, I actually agree with that. And I think that you have to uh, recruit players and you have to select players based on character. Because if, you know, the rest of the players can show that character and maybe the most talented players don't need to show yeah. that character. And character's hidden from a fan's perspective a lot. We don't see character. We don't no. see your train. We don't know what you like in the changing rooms. We see, we can see effort. Yes. Which, you know, I think someone with great character often shows, you know, true effort. So really interesting thoughts. Uh, that's what's rubbed Grant the wrong way. Show some love. Share some love. It's not just about the stars. It is uh, 13 and a half minutes away from one o'clock. It means you've got about five minutes. What's rubbed you the wrong way? 
So it can be positive, can be negative, can be anything. Uh, double eight, double three is probably your best bet now. Uh, fire them through on the temper bedpost text machine, and we will pull out a winner who uh, could go home with some awesome gear. Just ask Mike, Mikey. Mikey uh, was our winner last week, and he's uh, ridden back. Um, highly commending the awesome team at Rum and Q, award-winning rubs, sauces, and seasonings. Uh, we've got a, an awesome prize pack to give away to uh, anyone who contributes via double eight double three experience. Rum and Q's award-winning barbecue rubs, sauces, and seasonings. Absolutely perfect for any occasion. Back after this with the sporting tips you should probably run a mile from. Nine minutes away from one o'clock, the very last Saturday session. <laughs> with Rum and Q, time for the sporting tips you should probably run a mile from. We need dramatic music for this, don't we? Can we get the dramatic music back for this? It's always a good way to end the show, isn't it? There we go, there's our dramatic music. Well, we're, earlier we're, on... We've got a big one today, we've got a big one. Earlier on we had Jacob Spoonley, football... Um, experts mm-hmm. on the show and I put him through the rigours of 10 Premier League games a full round thought. a full round here to tap full round of Premier League where it's getting to crunch time for the Premier League I'm going to go through the winners or the results that he put through Brentford to win beating Spurs beating Spurs Bournemouth to beat Manchester United Ooh. Fulham to beat Crystal Palace Liverpool to beat Aston Villa Everton to beat Wolves. A draw between Nottingham Forest and Arsenal. A draw between West Ham and Leeds. Southampton to beat Brighton. Man City to beat Chelsea. And Newcastle to beat Leicester. Which gives you a 10-leg multi and a return of $64,361.77. Do you know what um, Ben Francis uh, Grant said to me in the ad break? He just said, what are the chances? What are the chances? What are the chances of this coming through? I said, well, 1 in $64,367. And I have... So you, you've slapped 10 bucks on it. But that's return, $5 each. $5 each. $3 each? Are we including him being in this? He's not looking at us. He doesn't seem at all interested. That's right. I'm researching, Daniel. Researching. I'm interested. I'm interested. <laughs> I'm including me. Ben his $120 back exactly. from the World okay. Cup so, final. So we're going to split this when it comes in. Um, $10 stake, how much is the return? So we'll get $321,809 each. All right. <clears throat> what are you doing next Saturday if that comes in? Are you coming in next Saturday? Uh, I might not be. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I might just, uh, you know, come on. Come on and go na 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 for three hours. <laughs> I'll be and phoning then, up. And then quit. And then go, I'm done. I'll be phoning up Jacob Spoonley and asking him for the next round. <laughs> That's what I will be doing. Uh, yes. Uh, always gamble responsibly. Don't always take us seriously. These are the sporting tips you should probably run a mile from. Grant Elliott has uh, tipped all 10 games here and a return of about 640000 bucks. All right, Ben Francis, can you top that one? I definitely cannot. Uh, I, I wanted to desperately find the odds for the Broncos must see out on the top eight because I did that tip once, but I, it's actually not available at the moment, so I can't give you the odds on that. So I'm going to stick with, you know, I'm talking about superstitions earlier in the show, so I'm being superstitious and continuing this. I've said in the last few weeks Andy Cook to score for Bradford City. He actually hasn't scored, but Bradford have been winning. Oh, no. So I'm going to do it See, again to it. hope that they reach the League Two playoff final, and he's paid about $2.60. So please, That's please. fantastic. 
keep going, mate. I love it. Keep going. Sort of a bizarre emotional hedge. I'm not sure if we're going to win a um, for Rub the Wrong Way yet. Oh, ben can do that after the show. Someone has just texted, and I love this idea. Richard's just texted, Rub the Wrong Way. Rub me right, up. He the hasn't wrong told way. us what's rubbed in the wrong way. He's just said, Rubbed me the wrong way. Or is he saying, Rub me up the <laughs> wrong way? He just put the S in there. Oh, yes. Okay, I'll finish off with Super Rugby. Uh, Beaver, I was doing drive yesterday. Beaver told us there was going to be a big upset last night. Either Blues, Reds, or minor Pacifica Crusaders. I was telling him, no, the value, the value's in the Highlanders Rebels game. The Rebels are $3.40 head to head if you're interested in that. The Highlanders concede on average 36 points a game. They've lost five in a row. I, I can't understand how the, the Highlanders are $1.30. Anyway, both teams to score a point in the first 10 minutes, $3.50. Oh, that's good. But both aren't great defensive sides. I like that. Total points, mmm. Actually, I'm going to back off that. I'll stick with that. Both teams to score a point in the first 10 minutes paying $3.50. It's not 643000 No, you're right. We may or may not be back next Saturday. Have a great week. <laughs>